Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brownie Points. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. And this is the podcast where a guy with a film degree. And a guy who knows how to work a DVD player. Talk to you about movies. This week, our first film is the Sofia Coppola film, On the Rocks. Then we get really uncomfortable and creeped out in 1991's Cape Fear. We also have a few news stories to talk about, including the passing of legendary screen actor Sean Connery. All of that coming up on this week's episode of Brownie Points. Hello, everybody. As long-time listeners know, we never like to jump right into the reviews. We like to delve into the entertainment world with brownie bites. And sports. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sometimes sports. Uh, this week... I'm going to there... start, instead of saying sports month, I'm going to start going, sports show! Sp- <laughs> sports show! <laughs> uh, this week, obviously, there's not a great deal of news to talk about. Because, obviously, the election just happened. One thing really quick. Uh, before we get too far into this, Dan is actually at my house. We're recording this using two microphones plugged into our computer. It's very similar to when we did the uh, uh, commentary track for Batman and Robin. Yeah. We think we actually got the sound dialed in much better than we did for that. But if this sounds weird, that's why, because we're still figuring it out. Yeah, we don't. And we just spent 20 minutes figuring out a technical difficulty. Yeah, we don't ever get together that often. Even still, when we're in the same state now, we don't do this too often. So hopefully you all like it. We try and get the show done and then just hang out and not have to worry about the show. Yeah, hopefully this sounds better, though. It sounded better in our tests, but... Here's the test. Here's the test. We... That doesn't sound like I'm blowing out your headphones or your car speakers. Then we fix the issue. Yes. (laughs) that commentary track is bad yeah we're very aware of the commentary track issues but anyway what we're talking about now is not batman related this week uh we got just a handful of stories like i was saying because the election was happening and and it went off without a hitch and there was no problems at all yeah hopefully by the time you guys are listening to this we actually have the official winner to cleared but technically we don't as of this taping so we can't say who looks like they're about to win but so as of now all or i was gonna say all hail but i don't think it's the right word but like hail to the chief mr potato head <laughs> as of right now yes he's let's... a married spud he's a married spud <laughs> um but yeah we still we still have a couple stories to talk about uh the first one uh by the way, you can find all these on our social media. That's kind of where we pull these from. If they get on there, we're going to talk about them here. Uh, Tenet, the movie that was supposed to save the box office this summer and didn't. Uh, you all who held out or were forced to hold out, let's say, uh, you're finally going to be allowed it's to... Like a reverse hostage situation. <laughs> you can't come in this room. Yeah. You all are finally going to be allowed to uh, watch Tenet from your homes. It's going to be on... DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, and video on demand starting December 15th. So, Merry Christmas to you all that haven't seen Tenet yet. 
uh, and people like me that want to buy it after having seen it, uh, that will finally happen this Christmas. Uh, so that's a pretty big deal. Uh, the other movie, not to save the box office, but the other movie, New Mutants, uh, that's already on DVD. I don't think we talked about that before, but yeah, the two big movies to first face COVID are going to both be on DVD this December, even though you can buy New Mutants right now. Uh, and then speaking of DVDs, uh, we just had the sale last uh, in August, not last month, uh, in August, Criterion Collection was doing uh, a half-off sale through their website. But now, just found this out today, starting November, uh, what is today? November 6th. November 6th through the 30th, all Criterions are back half-off, but specifically through Barnes & Nobles. So you just have to go there to get your DVDs instead of the Criterion website. Go to Barnes & Noble and you will get half-off any Blu-ray or DVD that is in stock. So Nick and I might finally watch Heaven's Gate. Uh, <laughs> Heaven's Gate. Yeah. <laughs> Not in here. <laughs> uh, that's a that's uh, one of the Blu-rays I really wanted to buy last time they did the sale, but uh, just missed out. So thank you, Criterion, for or I guess Barnes and Noble this time. And I've got six days in a row where I'm not doing anything, so I could watch that movie one time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all all four and a half hours of it, or however long it is. Uh, but yeah. Just a, just a public service announcement for you guys. Criterion Collections are half off through Barnes & Noble. Don't go to their website. Go to barnesandnoble.com, not Criterion. So, onward to more substantial news. Uh, not quite an update in the state of theaters, because nothing's really changed there. Specifically, Disney has made the news by pulling the plug on Death on the Nile and Free Guy. They were the last films to hold out uh, for... Well, Fox, technically. They're the last films to hold out uh, for 2020 under their umbrella. And now they have no release date as of yet. No confirmed new date. But neither film will be coming out uh, in December anymore. Or I or I think I think Niall was supposed to come out this month in November. I can't remember. But irregardless, they will just come out at some point in 2021 now. As of this taping, no new dates. But... For all you Ryan Reynolds fans, uh, you're going to have to hold out for just a little bit longer. I mean, I know you were kind of excited for Free Guy. I was excited for that one, mainly because I really like open world video games. And I was like, it'd be interesting to see like the mindset of an NPC where it's just like, I really I really like uh, Mafia 2 and like obviously Grand Theft Auto and yeah. uh, stuff like that. Just be like, yeah, I wonder what happens to those people that just see a car flying through midair upside down with, with someone shooting out the window on a daily basis. What was that? The scene in the trailer where he's in the bank with the bank teller and he's just like, oh, hey, Greg, what's going on? And the bullets are flying. And he's just like, oh, just another Monday, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was excited for that. And I was I personally was kind of excited for Death on the Nile because I liked Murder on the Orient Express. Uh I thought that was the 2017 movie from Ken. Well, both movies will now have been directed by Kenneth Branagh, and I thought it was good. You didn't, you didn't see that, I, right? It just, uh, I, I wasn't like dreading seeing the movie, but I wasn't really like, oh my god, this is gonna be like my favorite thing this year is seeing this movie. Like I was just like, oh yeah, that's gonna happen. And then when they're like, yeah, it's delayed, I'm like, all right. Well, after the revelation that, uh, well, for you, the revelation that it was from the director of Artemis Fowl, I can kind of understand, but yeah, based on the Orient Express, I promise you, it is I much, the much murderer, better. Uh, digs by eating dirt and farting out the dirt. <laughs> that is not That's a, how he hides the bodies. That is not a part of 
Orient Express. He does have that crazy mustache that we see in the trailer for this one still. But outside of that, completely different movie, even though it's Kenneth still directing it. He obviously had a little bit more creative control than he did on Artemis Fowl. <laughs> so, uh, again, guys, we're going to get those eventually. We have no idea when. But as, as 2020, a... the year of the eventually movie. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'd say 2021 is the year of the eventually movie. This, yeah. is the, this is the year of announcing it's an eventually movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll let you know on the next Brownie Bites if we know by then. Otherwise, just play it by ear. We'll probably share it on our feed. Otherwise, shut up and listen. Yeah. <laughs> Sit down and shut it. Uh, the next bit of news. Uh, what are you doing, stepbrother? I said shut it. <laughs> the next bit of news um, is a little heavy. Uh, it's Well, it's, it's tied into something relatively heavy. So uh, just a heads up. If you are aware of the situation between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, we are going to be talking a little bit about it. We're going to try to kind of tread lightly on it's some details. But very much an episode of Jerry Springer. It's very public things that would normally be kept between people. Very much more sad. Yeah. Way more sad than a Jerry Springer episode, too. But um, there's been an update in that story. I mean, technically, we haven't talked about it on Mike yet. But uh, I'll get into what's going on with the two of them in a second. But what happened specifically to Johnny, uh, again, literally today, we're taping this on Friday the 6th, uh, just about like an hour or two ago. Warner Brothers uh, let Johnny Depp go from the Fantastic Beasts franchise. We found out when we were leaving to go get Jack in the Box tacos. <laughs> because those are not as bad as I thought they were, but they're still pretty awful. We wanted to punish ourselves for lunch. Uh, <laughs> we had to settle a bet from the bachelor party. Yes, that's true. Um, but anyway, uh, for... Those of you who don't know, Fantastic Beasts is the prequel I series. You're about to be like, for those of you that don't know, Jack in the Box, those tacos. <laughs> yeah. Another public service announcement, Jack in the Box has tacos. <laughs> they're not very good, but they're there. Yeah, single brownie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, single, single brownie. I thought they were cook like a cookie. I'm not going to say I thought they were cookies like, tacos, they're like chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> I'm not going to say that, but I like originally I was like, oh, yeah, it's like a, a rating of a cookie. And then I ate this one. I was like, it's not as bad as I remember. It's still pretty awful. So it's a it's a single brownie. You want your you want your fresh, hard taco shell to taste like it's been sitting in an open bag for two days. <laughs> Do you want to eat something that makes you go, this is going to give me diarrhea? Uh, yeah. Jack in the box tacos. Yeah, there's another restaurant not going to sponsor us. Uh <laughs> This one makes me sad. <laughs> I can live without Olive Garden. I can't live without Jack in the Box. <laughs> anyway, now that we're laughing a little bit. Uh, anyway. Oh, yeah. We were talking about something serious. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic Beasts is the prequel series to, uh, to the Harry Potter franchise. And Johnny Depp was playing uh, Grindelwald, uh, the principal main villain of the two films that have come out so far. And in a statement from... Johnny Depp, not Warner Brothers, but in a statement from Johnny Depp, uh, he posted on Instagram that he uh, agreed to a request from Warner Brothers asking him to step down from the role. That's, in his words, what happened. And he agreed. Uh, and also in that statement, he was going to file an appeal for a lawsuit uh, for libel that uh, he put against the British tabloid paper, The Sun. Uh, so earlier, 
uh, last week, The Sun uh, published an article where they called him, in their words, in their words, a, quote, wife beater. So he sued them for libel and lost, but now they're doing an appeal. So it's kind of, it's kind of obvious that this is more than likely why Warner Brothers let him go or asked him to step away from this kid-friendly property. Like, does that make sense? <laughs> Don't want some little kid being like, look, it's Grinnemon. Oh, God. I, I'm, I'm surprised that they're just now doing it because it this case has not been a recent thing. I think it's because they know, because he, he talks about, like, I'm going to really push to prove them wrong even though the lawsuit got thrown out. Or he lost it, whatever. No, he he lost. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I, I won't be surprised if he goes on like some big PR thing about I'm not a woman beater, and then like Disney on the other or whatever the Harry Potter thing is, it's just like, yeah, I don't want this like attached to our movie. Please go away. There's, it's it's like, uh, it's just too much. It's it's not comparing it like to Tim Tebow because clearly this is not like that but it's too much of a circus that is absolutely not related to what the purpose is it's in yeah in in principle what i mean though is exactly what you just said it's just it distracts from the reason it's, it distracts from the project that he's a part of because of this baggage of this uh divorce that he's going through with amber heard uh, oh my god can you imagine if he played tim tebow in a tim burton movie <laughs> tim tebow didn't have tattoos or wear eyeliner <laughs> or do lsd uh, do you remember who Amber Heard is? Like, uh, she's the redhead in Aquaman. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I remember her. I'm trying to think if I've seen her in anything else. I don't. I doubt that you have, because I mean, honestly, I can't recall many offhand either. But she, uh, they were married for a few, for a minute. They were married for a minute, but uh, the allegations of like what they did to each other, I kind of don't want to repeat on Mike because they're pretty pretty bad. Yeah, they're pretty very, bad. Very much Robert De Niro in uh uh Cape Fear. It's it, it, it's not it's not that I'm trying to not take one side or the other. It's from what I've read, I've seen it come out in stories both ways of well, he did this, but she did this and he did that and she did that and nobody looks good in this. Like from what I could tell, it's this was just a, an abusive all-around relationship, and now this divorce is, like, just as messy. So, um, the son calling him a wife-beater, like, that's a, that's one thing. But, yeah, Warner Brothers... I'm surprised it took this long to do it, like, that they stayed behind him to the point that they are shooting the movie. And now just in the middle of shooting, like, nah, we're, 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 we're good. Yeah, we're done. I just, it's, I don't know, I feel really bad for... I feel bad right now. I feel bad like that. Both of them are going through this and whatever. Um, oh, that was there, the podcast that uh, we were listening to the other day. They were talking about the guy at the trial that was like three things always come out. The sun, the moon and the truth. Did you did you you know what I'm talking about? I'll, I'll tell you. I just realized that, again, Dan's sitting in the room so he can see me. So I shook my head and I was like, I understand that our audience has no idea what I'm indicating. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you off mic but hopefully you know what uh, i'm talking about silence does he <laughs> does he <laughs> well hopefully the uh have you checked your pocket hopefully the hopefully this resolves relatively peacefully uh however however it ends up uh 
I don't know the right way to say good luck to both of them. I, I don't know the right thing I'm trying to say, but like, I hope this, res I hope both of them can move on from this chapter of their life and they can actually just be divorced and start being their own again. Yeah. But yeah, that was not, that was not a fun story to read this morning. No. <laughs> uh, Ruined tacos. <laughs> By the way, have you seen the Fantastic Beast movies? No. I, one is, I was interested in the first one, and I never saw it, and then I saw the second one, and I was like, I really need to see the first one before I see that. Uh, I'll put it I this way. I saw the trailers. I'll put it this way. You don't need to see two, because <laughs> it's <laughs> it's terrible. But you can see one. One's no, I think one's right in the middle. It's not terrible, but it's not great. It's clearly a cash grab. But uh, two is, holy crap, two is awful. Uh, the Crimes of Grindelwald. Huh, Quint coincidentally the one that johnny depp's in the title of <laughs> and he got like oh because of crimes yeah <laughs> alleged alleged once again two weeks in a row allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> making that very very clear nothing's been proven <laughs> uh but uh yeah just we felt need the need to bring that up because the harry potter franchise is big and johnny depp's clearly beloved so yeah. uh not really too much left in the world of news, honestly. Uh, the last thing, uh, as we always like to close these out, is uh, trailer talk. You're going to skip, like, the biggest piece of news that happened since we recorded last. What? what? Sean Connery. Oh, Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> it happened the it happened the morning after we recorded this. Uh, I, I, ran, in... I ran, I'm looking at my notes, and I showed you, and you're like, okay, sounds good. I was trying and to you're just out now... the sound mix. You're just now reminding me that I didn't put Sean Connery on this. I was trying to figure out the sound mix. I thought you'd remember. I was, yeah, clearly not. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, so no, we're not gonna we're gonna talk about the Lego trailer in a second. Thank you, Nick. How about you carry this one since I've carried all the other stories up to this point? Sean uh, Connery died. <laughs> you want to get a little more, uh, or at least be a little sadder? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> No, um, Sean Connery passed away. Um, the news broke on Saturday. Uh, most obviously most famous for uh, being James Bond, Hunt for Red October, Indiana Jones' dad, that one guy that's in like Jim that, Malone in The Untouchables. Oh, I was gonna say like he dresses up in like a bear suit in uh in some spy movie. Oh, I was gonna say that's Nicolas Cage in The Wicker Man. No, <laughs> no it's like it's like a teddy bear suit. And it's like neon colored. It looks like a gummy bear. I can't recall. Um, oh, lest we forget also the movie that people like to joke made him quit acting. Uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in 2003. Jesus Christ, that movie. And yeah, he died if you've at... If you ever uh, wanted to see a movie that was made for FX and TNT, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I, like, I'm amazed that movie went to theaters. Yeah, I, I've not personally seen it. I've seen clips of it, but... You've not seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, I've seen it so many times because my dad would watch it on TNT or FX. No, I've, I've never seen LXG. Never seen it. <laughs> I've Okay, so not only have I seen it on t on a TV edit, also it was before we had like an HDTV like every time I saw it. So mm -hmm. it's like in crap def and widescreen and it's a largely dark movie. Yeah. You can't see. I remember... I remember having that problem with uh, Van Helsing when I watched that the first time I saw it. It was just so dark. It's it's worse. Really? It's worse because Van Helsing has has scenes that happen in the daytime. Yeah. This doesn't. Oh god. <laughs> and then also they spend a lot of time on a submarine at sea. 
Isn't that the Hunt for Red October? No. Another Connery movie? Yeah, another <laughs> Connery movie with a, with a submarine. That dude just like walked up and he's like, I want a submarine. I don't, that's a terrible impression. <laughs> it sounded like you had food in your mouth. <laughs> I want another taco. I want a refill on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is, it is sad. He uh, he literally defined a role. Um and it's it, it's crazy. He defines he defines suave and manliness. Like he was the he was like the the man of the fifties and the sixties. Like I don't remember if it was, but there was a movie around the time that like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen came out. That was his last movie. LXG was his last movie. <laughs> yeah, that movie, and it, he he was retired for like thirteen years, seventeen years before he died. Yeah, it's been 17 years since it's that. It's just, it's just, and you never saw anything about him too. So it's, it's like our last memory is of him is from 13 years ago. Well, I think more people remember him just as 007 because he played 007 in, oh god, I can't even remember. He played him in like, uh, what at least at least five of them. I think it was five. I'm pulling it up here because he did. Uh, where is it? Uh, not no road back. He, I know, listeners. I'm sorry. I didn't show. I clearly didn't show, show prep this. <laughs> he was uh, Doctor No in '62 from Russia with Love in '63, Woman of Straw. So no, that's not 007. Uh, Goldfinger '64. Uh, uh, is Thunderball James Bond? Yeah, James Bond and Thunderball. I was gonna say, good question. I actually don't know. Yeah, Thunderball, and then uh, You Only Live Twice in '67. And I think that was the last... Yeah, that looks like the last... Oh, Diamonds Are Forever, 71. <laughs> Not 007, but Zardoz. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, have you seen Zardoz? I've only heard the title, and it oh. just sounds hilarious to me. Oh, my God. If it streams somewhere that both of us have it, we're watching Zardoz for the show. It is so funny. It's such a goofy movie. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, like I was saying, he was, uh, he was 007. He was, and... Yeah. It's funny that, like, it's such a... I just want to throw this out there. It, it, it's such a British character, but it's played by a Scot. He's... Everybody loves... Everybody loves to say, like, Sean Connery was 007. Again, this British super spy. But I know this is a TV show, but in Doctor Who from Britain, everybody lost their mind at first when Peter Capaldi was the Doctor, but he's Scottish too. Like, he's, he's, the, <laughs> he's the Scottish John Wayne in that he never tried to cover up his voice. It's just like... Uh, you're playing a Russian uh, military guy in this movie. Yeah, I'm going to keep the accent. Uh, you're playing a British super spy in this movie. I'm going to keep the accent. Uh, you're Indiana Jones's dad, who's very much an American. Yeah, I'm going to keep the Scottish accent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're uh, you're playing another like refined British guy. I'm going to keep the accent. Like he's just like so comfortable. He's like, you'll take it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Do you? But have the other thing too, like to think about, like. Because our last thing that we saw him in was 13 years ago. Like, I'm not saying I thought he was dead already, but mm. he's someone that I was just like, I, I never thought of as like an alive actor anymore. And they're like, he's dead. And I was like, okay, I didn't even really 100% know he was still alive. Well, he's doing, he did what he just, he's like, just like a normal job. Like, he just retired. It's like what Gene he, Hackman he collect, did. It's... He collected shopping carts at, uh, at the Walmart. <laughs> He, uh, he, Gene Hackman, welcome, and... Hello, welcome to Walmart. Hello, <laughs> welcome to Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he, Gene Hackman, and Jack Nicholson, like, 
all three of them just off the top of my head just stopped acting. Like, is Gene Hackman still alive? Yeah, mm. he's still alive. Jack, uh, Jack is still alive, and uh, Sean. Out of those three, Sean's the only one that died. But you want? To, oh, speaking of Gene Hackman, his last role was uh, a Ray Romano movie called Welcome to Mooseport. Do you remember that? I'll <laughs> just imagine him with Ray Romano. And then, like, Ray Romano's brother from Everybody Loves a Raymond shows up. And he's like, he gets his own movie. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what, do you remember what Jack Nicholson's last movie was? Anger Management. No. Nope. It's a Scorsese movie. It's just over ten years old. That's not a hint. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's got Leonardo DiCaprio in it, but that's like all of oh, Scorsese's the Departed, movies. The Departed. Yeah, that's his, that's that was Jack Nicholson's last movie. I, I'm not even kidding you. I actually went when you said it's got Leonardo DiCaprio in it and it's a Scorsese movie and it's almost ten years old. My first thought was he was in Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong side of ten years old. They're <laughs> like, uh, Jack, can you get out of the shot? And he's like, now, <laughs> dude. He. Uh... Yeah, I'm just I'm actually fact checking myself. I'm pretty sure that was his last movie though. Uh uh Oh no, my apologies. His last movie was actually uh this movie called How Do You Know? I don't even know what that is. How do you know? And then before that, uh he was in the bucket list with Morgan Freeman. I thought The Departed was his last movie. Wouldn't it be funny if the bucket list was his last movie? Get that, it. <laughs> that would that would have been tragically ironic. <laughs> What's on your bucket list? This movie? Beep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite Sean Connery movie, by the way? Because I can't. I can't honestly say I have one. I not to, not not as a diss to him. I just can't. Think no, of... I'm not very well versed in his movies. If you told me, I'm like, honestly out not of either. all the Sean Connery roles you've seen, what's your favorite? I'd probably pick League of Extraordinary Gentlemen because that's the one I've seen a bunch. Um, I I would probably just say Indiana Jones just because I remember that the most. He wasn't Indiana Jones; he was his dad. Can you imagine if he was? Well, well, I'm saying like his role in Indiana Jones three was pretty awesome. Snakes, I hate snakes. (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's. uh... Why don't you get undressed, Nazi? (laughs) God, do you hear that? Three, seven no's is a yes. Wasn't that the Family Guy yeah, joke? Yeah, the Family Guy bit. <laughs> what are you doing, Step Nazi? Oh God. Oh. This took a turn. Yeah. Thank you. Rest in peace, Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah. And in, in all seriousness, rest in peace. You de- literally defined a character, and and gave so many like memorable performances. Yeah, we're um, too bad we don't really know any of them because we didn't watch a ton of your movies. Um, he's. We're definitely um, because in light of this tragedy. Uh, well, I. I guess tragedy is the right word still. I don't know if tragedy is the right word. <laughs> well, in light of that the... implies like something horrible and malicious happened. Yeah, and he didn't. Ha- I mean, he, he was, was ninety. Like it, it's the other thing too. When they're like, he's ninety years old. And I was yeah. like, it's not that shocking anymore. Like, that's well, still sad. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's sad, but it's like he's ninety. Okay, like that's like the <laughs> that's like that one joke. Like when you die at thirty, oh my gosh! But then once you get to sixty, it's Oh, he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, Chris Porter's joke. He's like, when I ret- he's like, when I retire, I'm gonna do some. Shit. Daddy's gonna try heroin because because if you're retired and old and you try heroin, you're not ruining your life. Be like, oh my god, if the overdose and die, like, oh my god, he never got to. 
He's good. Yeah. He, he's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, in light of his passing, um, we are going to do a Sean Connery movie. We'll let you know what the title is at the end. I uh, won't go ahead and spoil it here. But uh, yeah, we, we're definitely doing a Sean Connery movie, which, yes, apologies for saving our first. Oh, my God. The thing I actually know the most of Sean Connery is the Suck at Trebek thing from Saturday Night Live. Wait, what? What's it this? It was someone doing a Sean Connery impression. Oh, I was going to say, he said what? Celebrity the... Jeopardy from uh, SNL. Who played him? Or was it Sean Connery on camera? <sighs> no, it was someone. it was someone pretending to be him. Um, I don't remember. I remember Will Ferrell was Alex Trebek. Uh, Norm Macdonald. <laughs> Norm Macdon- Will Ferrell is him is funny. Norm Macdonald was Burt Reynolds giving the worst Burt Reynolds impression ever. He's like, Terry Ferguson, funny. <laughs> funny name. Like, it doesn't sound anything like Burt <laughs> Reynolds. Dude, I'll, I remember last week I actually said that to, said that to my mom was. 20- you said that to your mom that it doesn't sound anything like Burt Reynolds. No, I said, I said this. <laughs> like, what conversations are you having with your mom? I said this to my mom last week when this news broke was that 2020 is, is now the year that we've lost both Burt Reynolds and Sean Connery and how, how crappy that is. It's really sad. Thanks 2020. Yeah. When you're over. The thing that's scary is it's like, man. You have the thought of it can't get worse from here. Could it? Well, the year like twenty twenty one comes around and it's just like well twenty raining fireballs and twenty twenty is just about done. So now we can just be like, all right, twenty twenty one. I'm really hoping twenty twenty. Like I've I've seen this joke a million times, but I love it. I really hope the fourth quarter of twenty twenty one is like playing the Falcons. I'm ready for them to just like blow a lead, and it just all of a sudden gets great for us. <laughs> Well, you've seen the joke. You've seen the joke uh, about uh, how <laughs> about George's role in the election. I'll put it that way. How kind of uh, on brand their results were. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-eight to three. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll put it that way. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, we're we're gonna do a Sean Connery film. Back to the point of this, we're gonna do a Sean Connery film next week. Uh, you'll hear at the end which specifically we're gonna do. And, uh, yeah, just rest in peace, man. So, the last thing we're going to finally talk about now, <laughs> instead of jumping the gun on it like I did, uh, our only trailer for Trailer Talk we're t- uh, we got this week is uh, the trailer for the Star Wars uh, Lego Christmas special. Forgot the order of the words. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, we got the poster for it, what, two weeks ago? Wasn't it two weeks ago? Uh, two or three weeks ago, we got the poster, which, for those of you that don't remember... That it was horrifying a, poster. It was just a Lego hand, and it said, To Luke from your father. Yeah, the most unintentionally disturbing poster of the year. <laughs> Can you imagine a five-year-old seeing that? And they're like... What? Well, no, Miss like... Piggy? It's just... It's just, Luckily, it's just a Lego hand, but... I just Can you imagine I, it was a real person hand, and it's got, like arteries and like ligaments and stuff there's a legitimate saw there is a saw poster that literally is that minus the bow like there is a saw poster of a severed hand jesus yeah like i i'll try to pull it up while we're talking but uh but no uh it comes out november 17th um i can't remember if that was confirmed on the poster but i don't know if it was confirmed on the poster but it is absolutely confirmed for the release date now well yeah in the trailer uh oh by the way here's that poster i was talking about Ah, that's funny. Yeah, doesn't that does that not look like the Star Wars poster? 
looks except like, this it one's looks more like they white. need to change the contrast up on that uh, camera well it's just it's decayed it's too it's yeah there's no color though like i don't know it's 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 came out in 2004 you're like two, it's a 16 year old poster you're 2004 <laughs> you're 2004 this poster is old enough to drive <laughs> <laughs> Too bad it doesn't have a hand to grip the steering wheel. Oh, wait. Uh, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is the listeners. This is one of the only times we actually see each other because we just do audio calls. Also, I'm very sleep deprived. I did not sleep well last night. <laughs> I'm slap happy. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, so anyway, the reactions to the, to the trailer, um, uh, I don't know. It's, it looks just, I don't know. It looks like what I expect. Like it's clearly just kind of cash grabby, like corporate partnerships, like two superpowers together. And like, what's a, what's a thin story that we can use that it's an excuse to blend all the generations together. Portal travel. Like you said poor. I was like, are you about to say porn? <laughs> Cause weird. <laughs> Ew, there's somebody out there that's in the Lego. <laughs> it clicks in place. It clicks in place. <laughs> Insert the peg. Insert the peg. Hey, how about you step on that Lego? Nice and slow. Mm. The pain is pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I my reaction to the trailer is get this movie an Oscar. It looks, it looks cute. It looks funny. I mean, it's just a, I don't know. Well, also, it doesn't really have much competition this year. Well, I don't, I don't know if they'll try to compete against the Oscars. It's just a, it's a Christmas special. It's a like, joke from someone that doesn't understand the Oscar system. Can you stop <laughs> taking it so seriously? I like that most of the cast is, like, pretty much the cast is coming back, except uh, Ian McDermott, isn't that his name? Yeah, Ian McDermott's not in it. That's very obviously not Mark Hamill voicing Luke. Oh, Yeah. Very obviously. And then um, I'm interested in what's the guy that played Finn? Because he, he, he. Oh, John Boyega. John Boyega. Because he talked about like he got pulled aside by Disney executives this week about his interview where he basically was like, oh, uh, yeah, they used me. Oh, yeah. Because... I didn't I didn't have that in the notes either. But um, I mean, I also. Show prep. I didn't even I didn't I didn't read that much about it because obviously it was behind closed doors. But yeah, John Boyega. Was... Yeah. So I'm interested to see if he actually plays because you don't hear Finn talk in this. Well, he would have had to record this last year. There's no True. way they didn't record this last year but, because of all the time you would need for the animation. Oh, my God. Are they going to make an episode nine reference and then I have to sit there and be like, this sucks. Well, she's got a gold lightsaber in this. So clearly, like, it's it's aware that it takes place after episode nine. Yeah. At least vaguely takes place there. Before That's the other thing, too. When they show them all gathering on the Millennium Falcon, you see old Han Solo, but you don't, like, see old Luke, old Leia. It looks like Lando Calrissian's kind of young. That's going to be interesting if they actually like let go of Leia, like, or try or try. I don't know how they are going to be very. I don't know. I mean, Disney's her. Disney's already been bad about letting her go because they could have easily let her die in the second of the sequel trilogy, and they're like, bring her back. Yeah, they they should have. Thanks, been. Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> Once again, thank you. Uh, I. I don't know if nine's all on her more than JJ, but then again, she rehired she him did, back. She rehired him and she didn't set out a plan before starting. Well, JJ had the plan and, and then Kathleen. No. Yes. Yeah. It's on her. Yeah. Not to rehash all that, but yeah, no, 
we we got back to the conclusion after an appeal process and kathleen you still suck yeah kathleen <laughs> i just want to let you know that in terms of job performance pretty bad in terms of uh public relations pretty bad in terms of effort pretty bad so this concludes your yearly review here is a seven million dollar raise yeah I thought you were gonna say Thanks, Disney. I thought you were gonna say here's a severance package. <laughs> no. It's Disney. There's like here's more money to throw at the problem, get it fixed. She Yeah. She's uh she technically is the CEO of Lucasfilm. I think that's her official title. I think about like she did so bad with the sequel trilogy that people actually hate her more than George Lucas. And think about that when like when Disney acquired the rights to it. And we still had the prequels in our minds. If someone was like, you're going to hate these more than the prequels. Dude. Think about that. Oh, I got a, I got a, a comparison that I'm not going to say on mic because it's a little too hot take political. But you just made me but think like, of. <laughs> I remember when Disney got the rights to this. And yeah, while we were doing our re-reviews. I like me and you both came to the conclusion that we think collectively other than like revenge of the Sith, we liked certain movies that Disney's done better than the prequels, but the trilogy, but they, they, when you, when they the weren't trilogy, the trilogy, <laughs> the trilogy, when you put it together collectively is so nonsensical, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's which that's redundant. So nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense. It's, but <laughs> It's just, it makes no sense. It's so random. It's so all over the place. It feels like they're making decisions as they're filming the movie. Yeah, four, five, and six, and one, two, and three separately, like, clearly play as part A, part a trilogy B, part was C. Out. Yeah, there's, a, there, there's overarching cohesiveness between all three of the films they, that work on their own as separate stories, but do also tie together with enough threading in between each of them. Episode seven was just like okay let's just kind of walk through the motions and then let's go back episode to... seven was let us prove to you we understand star wars and what made it great by episode... making it again <laughs> episode eight was i don't i don't want to do a generic star wars movie and i want to take the story somewhere completely new and different and then star wars nine was... and then that was ah scary <laughs> even though it, even though there were some good things in it and then episode nine was sorry we're gonna go back to doing exactly what you would expect uh well, even to a to a bigger extent, was uh, we're gonna try to cram two movies into one movie, but you got to keep it under two twenty. Yeah, like, God. <laughs> I would be interested in seeing. And you direct... have to, and you have to ignore everything that was established in Episode Eight and somehow pull off pretending it didn't exist. <laughs> I'd be interested in seeing an extended director's cut of Episode Nine because I I told you a couple months ago I actually watched Episode Nine again. We are not. We are not fanning the flames of the conspiracy of a George Lucas cut of nine. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'd be interested in a cut of the movie where they give story elements more time to breathe and process and grow. Because, again, the time I watched it on Disney Plus, it was the third time I've seen that movie, is just so bang, 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 bang. It's like, I can't process these points without you just throwing me into something else. Yeah. My third time of seeing that movie, I still don't understand everything that happened. That's so funny. You've watched it three times. I've only watched it twice. Because you saw it in theaters twice. I only saw it in theaters once. and then I saw it in theaters for the show, and then I went with my family to watch it, and I, I just remember they were like, 
they're like, oh, I'm excited. Because I told my family, I was like, I don't, I don't like it. I really do not like it. Yeah. And we go there and like, they're like, oh, excited. And I'm like sitting in the car and I'm just like, I'll give it a shot. But man, I fully expect to completely hate this again. Yeah. We've said, we've established this or I've established how wrong I was before. Like I was definitely way too kind to it the first time. That is honestly the most raw review I think we've ever done because I'm, coming to understand the movie as i'm talking about it through the whole review you were very conflicted and angry not i mean well no you were very conflicted what we were talking about it. i would I say felt... an- i wouldn't say angry yeah more, no more angry like, was the wrong word more confused and trying to understand what just happened yeah and i i was in shock really i i i thought it was pretty good when i first saw it like i did see problems with it but it, it took me the second time like I will watching a movie twice before doing a review honestly is if I had more time I feel like I should try to do that more often I will say I because yeah episode nine definitely needed a second viewing to actually see all the holes that were in it so this is kind of a spoiler at some point in December around the one year anniversary of it coming out I am going to pick it as the time machine pick for me and we're going to watch it again and give it a reappraisal because we've, we've talked, done... we've talked about doing that a couple times. Wait, are you wait an- anniversary of it or anniversary like next April? No, anniversary of of its of, release. Of its release. What, what do you mean anniversary next April? I thought you meant like or March. Sorry, I thought you meant March, like our like our show anniversary. No, no, no. The an- the anniversary of the movie coming out, like a year later. Where do we stand on it? Because it it really is one of our. Oh, well, that's only three weeks. That's only three weeks, or no, that's six weeks away. <laughs> well, it's one. It's one of our more kind of unique reviews because. Dan admits he's like, I was wrong on so much of the review. And I, in the review, I am human. Therefore I am flawed. (laughs) Well, no, I'm not not saying that to pick on you. I'm saying like, you admit you're like, yeah, I feel like I'm actually wrong in my review. I was, well, I was, I was too kind to it. I was very, I was very much way too kind to that movie. And in the moment, literally an hour after we watched it. (laughs) Yeah. And then I, and then in mine, I'm like trying to understand what I saw how I feel about it and then convey it into words. Yeah. I was trying and to I help. Very, and I very much now I'm like, yeah, I really don't like it. I remember listening back to it. I was trying to coach you like, okay, well, what did you think about this? Like yeah. I could tell you were struggling. It was like, well, we got to say something. So now that you can, <laughs> now that you can see me, we're talking about this. This is going to be terrible for the listeners. But as I drove home, I got out of like the movie ended and I sat there like this as the credits rolled for like six solid minutes. I get in my car and I drive home and I make that face the entire 20 minute drive home. And I get to my house. and I was like, I got to go record a review for that. What, <laughs> what, what was that? And then I go upstairs and we start recording. And I'm like, that was, I think bad. I don't know. Like, <laughs> did you, I, I'm not saying I was, the main thing was, I was like, I don't know. My big problem at the time really was, I think I understood I didn't like it. I wasn't 100% sure of why I didn't like it, but my biggest problem was I didn't know if it was a bad movie or if it was a good movie, but I just didn't like what they did with the story that I liked, that the story chain that I was so attached to. I was like, I don't know if it's I hate the movie or if it actually is a bad movie. No, it's, it is a bad movie. Yeah, it's a bad movie. I know now that it's a bad movie, but back then I was like, I don't know which one it is. I just know I'm not a fan. Yeah, no, it is. I, I could say objectively now it is a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. Man, uh, how, God, we got all the way there from the Christmas special. <laughs> well, I was going to say, we talked about the Christmas special. We got one story left. It is Friday, 
Dan is up here for a reason. He came. Oh up here. yeah, the yeah yeah. He came up here last night because it's Sports Week. Sports Week. His 49ers hosted my Green Bay Packers on Thursday Night Football. You there mean my a... you mean my 49er JV squad? <laughs> my pra- my practice squad went out on the. They're field. not even real 49ers. They're more like 24 and a halves. They're they're on loan from USC. <laughs> and Green Bay won. 34 to 17 really won 34 to 10 you got a you got a touchdown with one second left i was gonna say wasn't halftime like 21 3 yeah yeah it was bad it was fun. i had a fun time um <laughs> i had alcohol i was fine <laughs> our buddy hughes was over uh and then there was a hat bet dan how did it feel buying me a hat it's it was <laughs> jesus <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was, it was something I had to do, and I have no reservations because a bet is a bet, and I am a man. Well, well, I was gonna say that's the thing that's funny is Dan agrees to the bet. Two days later, an injury report comes out that like half the remaining half of the 49ers starting offense is now on injured. Yeah, it it it, it wasn't that the entire team just like got the plague and all just fell off the map throughout the season. At least two or three injuries every single week, and they're all starters. And then nine weeks into the season is our first positive case of COVID, and that took out the remainder of the offense. I think we literally had one starter left. Dan seriously (laughs) knows this team so well, and we're watching the game last night, and he goes, I don't know who that guy is that caught the ball. Oh, yeah. We literally had one starter, and his name was Kyle Juszczyk. That was the one starter that was not injured or sick. <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> but we had so t- that's why I said congratulations on beating up the JV team. Like, <laughs> hey, a hat is a hat. And um, we we had tater tot nachos. We had beer. We had uh, some pretty good fruity mixed drinks. And like I said, uh, Buddy Hughes was over. We had a fun time. And then we went and got tacos today. It was a good trip. But... Just so our viewers know, Dan is a man of his word. He keeps mm-hmm. his promises when he gets blown out. Yes. He <laughs> buys me things and calls me pretty. Put on your makeup. <laughs> <laughs> and what else did we learn last night? Don't cover Devontae Adams one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah. Put half your defense on him. He still might catch the ball. Did you see MVC's catches were both touchdowns? You mean MVS's? Or MVS, yeah, whatever his acronym is. Yeah. He was targeted four times, only caught two of those, but both of those were in the end zone. Had a massive drop on the first one. Like, it literally hits him in the hands. It looks like he took a step, and it dropped. I was like, how did you not catch that? It was in my... Our poor backup. I like him, but I yeah, you are backup. I but I mean, it's not the fact that he's just a backup that he is clearly. But man, our starter wouldn't have done much better. Really, your pass well, we, rush was really good. We uh we had a couple defensive guys that because we had an offensive guy test positive. We had two guys go on the injured reserve for or not injured reserve the the list for close contact and we pulled a couple offensive guys off the practice squad. And I was like, man, can you imagine like your first game in the pros is a primetime game that everyone in the country can see. Yeah. And then it, and then it's like, Oh yeah. Except your team that you're playing is basically a college team. Yeah. It was, 
it was rough. We'll see how the rest of the year goes. I I I can't remember how quickly after. I think it was week two when I, or I think it was week three when I finally said, you know what? If my team gets 500 winning percentage, that's a victory. <laughs> so I have no idea how close to that we're going to get now, but we'll see. You Okay, because we're six and two. You're four five and five. And four? four and five. Four and five. Yeah, we went, we've, it took nine weeks, but we finally went under 500. <laughs> <laughs> you say that like it's a point of pride. But with how injured we have been, yes, nine weeks to get under 500 is pretty impressive. Speaking of sports, speaking of important returns for the show, I am going, as of now, bar, like uh, uh, we got two weeks, something horrific could happen to the world and suddenly they don't let the public in. But as of now, a monumental uh, return as monumental as when we were able to go back to the theater is going to happen. I am going to see a football game in person when the Packers play the Colts in Indy. Woo! Officially. It's crazy. I told Dan, I was like, I, this is, like, I was like, I feel the way you felt when we could go back to theaters. Because the last sporting event I went to was in March. And it's not so much that it was in March, it was that I didn't know it was the last time I was going to go. Like, well, no, like... <laughs> That's sorry, the way you said that was just like, I didn't know that was the last time I was going to say I love you. Like... <laughs> I just, like, lick the side of Enterprise Center. <laughs> Someone oh, comes. Someone hit my mic. <laughs> someone comes. Someone comes up, and they're like, "Uh, sir." Oh. <laughs> but no, like with the with theaters, we kind of like theaters. We did kind of get to say goodbye. Like when we went and saw the hunt, we were like, "Oh yeah, a little bit." We yeah. didn't know it was going to be seven months, but we knew it was going to be a bit. Yeah, yeah, I remember that because. Uh, well, did we see the hunt after? Or no, or actually, the last sporting event I went to was February, not March. Did we decide on the? Did we decide the hunt was it before or after we saw before, it? Before, because we no no. So we went, we went to go see the hunt. Yeah, we went to go see the hunt, and we were gonna go see a, the a different movie the following night. And I told you I was like, frankly, dude, I just want to see the hunt. Let's just cancel going to that other movie. I I remember it as we were trying to schedule seeing both of them. We hadn't seen either of them yet, and then you said. Let's go with the hunt, and that's it. And we're going to announce before we review the hunt that this is it. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, yeah. And here we are. Almost eight months later. Almost eight months later. And <laughs> we've seen well, three movies in theaters for the. Yeah, it was like half, half of March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. Yeah, we're in month eight. <laughs> Fantastic. Just wear your damn masks. Yeah. This, uh, this has been fun so much fun can you imagine if there's actually a year that we did this show like because we started the show with we're gonna see an at least one new release in theaters and then do a streaming movie can you imagine if we actually were able to go an entire calendar year without seeing one movie in a theater oh god that that's would... so different than the premise of the show that we started with i would i would be so like if we had like at this point right now if we hadn't seen <clears throat> if we hadn't seen Jaws, Tenant, are those the, no, those are the only, no, or we, Unhinged. Yeah. Those are the only three movies. Say, you can't forget, you can't yeah. forget the funniest movie of the year. Yeah. Those are the only three movies you've seen in theaters. Like if literally I have, especially Tenant, like if Dude. I, if I, if, if I was still in New York and I hadn't seen Tenant today, still today hadn't seen Tenant, I would not be in a good mood whatsoever. Can you imagine, can you think back to Unhinged 
doesn't yeah that his, was only like a month ago doesn't his truck seem like it would have jack-in-the-box trash in it <laughs> like taco wrappers everywhere that was a clean truck now you think about that <laughs> there wasn't like old newspaper or like burger wrappings like under the windshield and he clearly and... eats burgers like here's the thing here's the thing there's a saying amongst the young people where they're like he f- and he eats yeah. <laughs> well who knows if he did he used to do the other thing until he got addicted to pain pills and according to the movie i thought you were gonna say he used to do the other thing until some gladiator cut it off with a sword <laughs> until joaquin phoenix <laughs> until joaquin phoenix is open oh jeez. uh Oh man, I that wasn't a news update. Never mind. Sorry, my phone went off. Everybody, so uh, that's all we got for this. Should we wrap it up like we should if we're gonna hit it with our wood. <laughs> oh, actually, hang on a minute. I remembered. What on earth did that bring up? <laughs> <laughs> it made me think of episodes from last week. And if you recall, at the very end of the last review, we said we were our next Brownie Bites discussion topic was going to be how fat does Dan think I am? How fat do you think I am? Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) We're done. (laughs) That's all we got for this segment of Brownie Bites. Uh, We're going to take a very, very brief break. And when we come back, you'll hear our thoughts on our first movie of the week. Not Cape Fear. I literally forgot. Uh, I remember my pick, but I don't remember yours. Yeah, I literally forgot. Why am I forgetting? It was a new movie. No, 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 no. Oh, it's on the rocks. No, it's The Rock. No, on the rock. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we're. (laughs) (laughs) That's a movie we're watching next week. That's the Sean Connery Tuesday. There you go. Tuesday. We're watching. Well, okay. Yeah, on the rocks. We're watching Tuesday. Or we're reviewing for you guys Tuesday. Jesus Christ, I need to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) He's so tore up about having to buy the hat that he can't even sentence. I literally forgot the movie that we're going to talk to you about on Tuesday. So (laughs) that's how memorable that is. (laughs) (laughs) On the rocks, just like his sanity. Sorry, knock drink over. Did you spill on the carpet? Probably. No, it feels no, it feels dry. It feels dry. Mmm, it's not moist. All right, let's uh, let's let's do the outro. Yeah. All right, everybody. Like we said before, our first review of the week is the latest film from Francis Ford Coppola's daughter and Nicholas Cage's cousin Sofia Coppola her latest film was the Apple TV plus exclusive on the rocks it stars Bill Murray along with Rashida Jones and Marlon Wayans and a little bit of a supporting role from Jenny Slate uh this film uh I just want to throw the yeah, I'm gonna acknowledge the beer there it is <laughs> is that like my catchphrase whenever you do the beer now I was just thinking about that pretty much yeah <laughs> uh, one little bit of trivia i want to throw out there before uh getting into the hot takes is uh that this film uh at least according to one article i read was not a delay of covid19 this was a part of an exclusive deal that apple made with the production company a24 
So, no, guys. I mean, if you did get the chance to see it in the theater, awesome. But otherwise, this was supposed to be an Apple film. This wasn't just sold to Apple at the last minute, which I thought was just kind of interesting because I forgot that A24 made a deal with Apple. But geeky film news aside, this film, uh, I guess for my quick hot take on it, um, I've watched it. <laughs> this film exists. <laughs> it, it, it's, it does. And I, there, there are things to admire about the movie. Um, I mean, given I've watched it, it's been two, three days since I've seen the movie now, but, uh, and it's, these pauses are kind of the problem with it. There's nothing really that makes it like really stand out, really makes it like particularly memorable. Like it's charming for sure. Like it's charming to see Rashida Jones and Bill Murray have great, uh, screen chemistry together. Bill Murray actually like acting, acting and not just being the goofball delivering whatever jokes. Like I, I forgot that Bill could do that because it's been so long since we've seen him do that i mean outside of wes anderson movies but wes anderson's its own like it, it barely counts it's a wes anderson performance so uh it, it was cool to see that rashida jones i haven't seen her outside of like tv comedies either so it was refreshing to see her take on a, a fairly dramatic even though it was somewhat comedic role also dealing with a relatively serious story really at its core uh, Marlon Wayans, we just saw him in Requiem like two months ago. It's nice to see him have a dramatic role again, even though, I mean, it's not dramatic like Shakespearean, but like he plays a straight guy and it's, it's cool to see him not crack any stupid jokes, but, um, I don't know. Sophia's story, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't really have, it doesn't feel like it has stakes as big as like infidelity would be. And then, like, trying to prove the infidelity, like, it's it, it's played off a lot more lightheartedly and ends up becoming about something else. I don't really want to say up here on the top, which does add a nice kind of twist about two-thirds into the movie, or maybe halfway into the movie if you want to get into semantics, but uh, I, it's what it is. You're not going to be bored watching it. You're going to laugh a couple times, but at the end of the day, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, well, that was a movie. I mean, I... <laughs> I don't want to make it like that backhanded a compliment, but it's, it's just kind of what it is. It's, it's not exemplary, but it's not, it, there's worse ways to spend 90 minutes really. So on our ranking scale, a contender for best film of the year is a full pan of brownies with sprinkles, icings, and all the fixings on top of it. All the S's, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that's not what I'm going to <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, the uh, the next ranking is a full pan of brownies, a movie that's pretty good overall, maybe one or two, good, one or two problems. A so-so, whatever, 50-50 is a half pan of brownies. A pretty bad movie overall with maybe one good thing is a single brownie. And then a contender for the worst film of the year is a movie so bad you don't even get a brownie. You get a cookie full of raisins. I'm giving On the Rocks uh, a semi-reluctant full pan. I don't dislike this enough to go half pan, but I... It's definitely not in the realm of sprinkles, but it's 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 charming enough of a watch in those 90 minutes, even though, yeah, honestly, even, like, when I woke up the next morning, it was like, oh, yeah, I watched On the Rocks yesterday. I, It's what it is. It's not, it's not terrible. I, I had to pull up my notes for the spreadsheet so I knew what the movie title was to put our ratings in. <laughs> That's how little you remembered it. <laughs> Yeah, we're recording this on Wednesday. I watched the movie on Monday. Yeah, I watched it. Uh, that's that's how forgettable it is. I think I watched it Saturday. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I watched it Saturday because I was at work on Sunday. 
I think I say I watched it on Saturday because I was at work when I watched it. I was like, that's not good, Dan. Oh, no, 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 no. I watched it after work on Monday. I watched it after work on Monday. That's right. Because I watched our okay. second movie on Tuesday. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, your hot take anyway, Nick. Uh, what's your hot take on this? Um, I, I, I listened to whatever the first re- movie review was that came out, uh, this week. Um, Oh, tri- uh, trial of the Chicago seven. Yeah. Trial of the Chicago seven. And it's funny because in that review, you talk about how you've continuously picked movies that I really didn't like. And I mean, Bravo, I don't really have something I don't like outrageously hate in this movie, but my, uh, so good job, I guess. <laughs> but, um, I didn't find this movie super enjoyable. I give it a half pan. Uh, my last note is half pan. Not bad, but nothing stands out. I will forget this movie. Um, At least you can say I, now that I have exposed you to Sofia Coppola. So now, if need be, you can be, oh, well, I am familiar with the works of Sofia Coppola. Blah, 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 blah. If you're ever in a situation. I, I, can, I, can, I can tell you. Um <laughs> That for sure will never come up in conversation outside of like talking to you. Um, Does that not impress you at all that she's Nicolas Cage's cousin, though? Can I be honest with you? The thing that's like the most impressive to me. What? Uh, Rashida Jones. In that I like there's a moment in this movie where I was just sitting there and I was look like it's it's like her just kind of on screen not making a ton of movement or talking or anything for a little bit. And I, it just dawned on me. I was like, man, she has not aged a day since I first saw her on The Office. Like, everyone talks about, like, Tom oh, Cruise, right. I forgot. Will Smith, stuff like like those guys being, like, ageless actors. Rashida Jones is one of those. Like, she doesn't look any older than the first time I saw her on The Office in, like, 2007 or eight. Like... She looks exactly the same. I forgot she was on The Office for a hot minute. Yeah. Um, She's a... Do you know who her dad is, by the way? John Paul Jones? Quincy Jones. Uh, Who? Quincy. You don't know Quincy Jones? That's why I said who. Quincy Jones, the huge musician... word i'll send you some of his music afterwards that was totally the air listeners you just heard the air get sucked out of the (laughs) you just heard the air get sucked out of the butthole of the show anyway i thought you would have known who quincy jones was that's surprising to me all right i'm gonna google him because you won't get off him no it's just he's a pick musician like i mean he's not someone i listen to every day i'm just surprised you don't know who he is (laughs) that's all i'm not trying to give you a hard time you were well we were talking on the brownie bites episode that uh uh, Ma Rainey, or, or, or no, you, you weren't familiar specifically with her music, were you? No. <sighs> you Google that guy too. I don't know who he is. Um, but anyway, sorry, I keep distracting you. <laughs> yeah. Um, this movie, I can't, I can't crap on it really. Uh, a bunch of my notes are like. So super 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 picky like it's really dumb nitpicky stuff but um 
yeah, I, I'm not going to remember this movie. Like, I, I will remember nothing about it. I won't remember that Rashida Jones was in it. I won't remember that Bill Murray was in it. I won't remember that this movie at, at the beginning, I didn't like Bill Murray all that much. And then I liked when they had him on screen with the little kids. The only, the only thing that I can definitively say that this movie made me want is it actually made me want to see Bill Murray as a grandpa more. Um, cause he's amazing with little kids. Um, but yeah, uh, half pan. I wasn't bored to tears. I wasn't angry, outraged, nothing. I just like this movie kind of just like I experienced it. It was over and I'm fine with just not reliving it other than to do this review. I see that. I see some similarities between our viewing experiences. So let's just go ahead and throw up the spoiler flag. Uh, we're going to go into some spoilers here for the next couple minutes. And uh, yeah, the the way that you're just describing that kind of was what I was kind of pointing at before, before in my hot take where the movie doesn't really feel like it's got the, the weight or the gravity of something like this. Like it never felt like the stakes um, match the tone of the movie. And I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a comedy. I mean, it's about something serious, but it's still a comedy, but it never felt like the movie really amp the stakes it never felt like the stakes were like that bad because like bill murray and her already like he just kind of shows up and then by the big twist none of the none of the people in this movie feel real to me either well what do you mean by that like they're not relatable in any way i've lived in the midwest my entire life and i've not had a tech job and this woman's a writer the husband's got a tech job and her father is like a playboy suave like upper class guy like literally there's a scene where they have a stakeout and their stakeout snack is caviar on cream cheese and ritz crackers and i was like that's the most ritz like i i literally they showed that on screen and i was like this is not endearing me to them i don't understand what that's like i I see. What I you're don't know. Saying. I don't know what his car is. I think he drives a Triumph. But like, oh, that was like, one of my yeah. notes. Yeah, that was one of my notes was to ask you what that car was. I th- I'm gonna Google it, but I I think it was a Triumph because I'm pretty sure it's a British car. Uh, what was Bill Murray's car in? On I literally just forgot the title again on the road. <laughs> Oh, it's an Alfa Romeo. Hmm. Uh, did it say what year? I didn't. I didn't care. Um, <laughs> I thought it would have said right there, not just the mate. It's it's probably a sixties. Um, but yeah, like these, all these people are like upper class, rich, snooty people, and I'm like, I don't identify with you at all. And there's no, the only character they have that kind of relates it to like more average middle class people is that one girl that's uh, the worst. That's my uh, Parks and Rec reference. Uh, It's the sister of uh, John Ralphio in Parks and Rec. That's that's Jenny Slate. Yeah, the the girl, the girl in the class, the girl in the hallway that just would not shut up. (laughs) Yeah, she's not bad in the movie, but she's like the closest to being like, 
kind of just like an average human being, although she's on peyote or something. Um, <laughs> one of one of my notes is, my God, is this how women talk to each other? I'm so glad that I could talk to people about other stuff. Well, it's it's. See, I found this. I, I found this empathetic at a just a core emotional level. Like, no, I... Yes, I lived in New York, but I was nowhere near that economic status. And, like, no, I don't know that many people in that economic status. But, like, I, I, made, I, I made an emotional connection with it. Because, like, at the core of their problem, not Bill Murray and Rashida's problem, but the, the core problem between her and Marlon Wayans is a fairly universal thing that a lot of couples have gone through. One thinks the other one is being emotionally distant, at least emotionally cheating, if not physically cheating, and the suspicion starts to, 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 to drive her a little crazy. And then the way the rest of this film goes about it ends up making it a uh, father-daughter uh, ish, relationship issue on top of that. Like, that's that was kind of a cool twist I thought the screenplay did, was like, oh, well, maybe really their problem is the movie, and that's why it wraps up so nicely, where, no, babe, I wasn't doing anything. And then she's got that embarrassing, like, no, it's okay. Like, hey, I get it. I'm gone all the time. So, I don't know. I I kind of connected with it a little bit. I thought it was a universal enough problem that it didn't really bother me that they were like, yes, they are New York elites, somewhat. Yeah, it, it didn't really work for me. It was, like, I get it's a relatable issue, but the, like, I, I, like they were like, okay, what does Wayans do? He, I would assume, is like the CEO or CFO of some startup. What the startup is, I have no idea, but it's clearly a brand new tech startup the way that he's describing, like, oh, expanding, and we're adding this, and we have to go here and go here. and like Because what's... He seems... It seems like... It seems like he uses a lot of buzzwords for like tech business industry stuff. And at the same time, usually people that say that have no idea what they're talking about and don't like do anything. And then he's like part of a very successful company. So either I feel like he's lying and it's a pyramid scheme that's about to fall apart or have a bubble burst or someone didn't write that character very well. And I don't know what it is. I'm pretty sure Sophia Coppola didn't interview tech people for like the exact specific <sighs> lingo like for like i i think she did she just wanted that speak just for that sake of dialogue because he's really not in the movie that much like as long as the audience she, understands that he's she important she just she just sh she just shouts she just shouts internet internet <laughs> internet <laughs> um, where'd you get that internet <laughs> so uh, the other thing too like they show there's several instances of like them going out of town and like going to Rashida Jones's mom's and they're like, Oh yeah, it's me and my brother. And oh, that's the Hamptons. We just sit around and drink wine. Yeah, that is definitely that... drink wine when we sit in the backyard and we look at the ocean and then the kids are playing with our, uh, whatever collie type of dog. Like, like, I don't know what it is. It, it's, it's really something about the type of people that the characters are. I, I, Oh, I can identify with characters that are not just Midwest people or blue collar people. I really can. But something about the way that characters are done in this movie, I can't find relatable in the least. And I, I just 
can't identify with them. And I don't know. It just, it, it really sucked a lot of the stuff out of the movie. It took me out of the movie pretty hard. And just the fact that I was like, I don't like, I don't identify with the worries of these people, their struggles, what, uh, their identity crisis they're going through. I was just like, yeah, they're there. What? Yay. But would it have been better uh, relatable if, uh, if Tim Allen and I can't think of the woman, I can't think of a good woman. <laughs> the the mom from the middle. Oh, oh crap! I can't remember her name. You watch that show way more than I do. Yeah, she was uh she was the wife she was the wife on Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. Oh yeah, her and Tim Allen. What? Is... <laughs> well, it's okay. So let me, am, okay. I let me put kidding. it this way. <laughs> Let me put it this way. I, I like How I Met Your Mother, and I like Seinfeld. Now, How I Met Your Mother has Marshall. I really like Marshall. But, like, they've got Barney as the upper-class elitist. But, like, Seinfeld has everyone is from New York in that show. I identify with a lot of the characters. I, well, Seinfeld's I don't know not what, about I, the I, elite. Seinfeld is about just everyday like people like that's me. what I think. That's what I think the problem is. It's not so much that I couldn't identify with them because they were New Yorkers. I really think it's I couldn't identify with them because they're elitists, but also they're New York elitists, so they're like super elitists. Well, hold on. I want to change one thing or ask, like, let's call it upper tax bracket because i feel like the elitist label like should be for the more like because i don't i didn't find anybody particularly like snobby outside of bill murray who was uh, clearly like he's aged out of like that he came from that in his youth he definitely would have been but like i don't know her mom her mom was pretty elitist to me oh yeah that the the hamptons grandma yeah she was she definitely was i when i lived in new york i was one county away from all of those people (laughs) Isn't isn't it like upstate New York where Jaws takes place? No, Jaws was um no, Jaws took place closer in like Massachusetts. I I remember uh, remember okay. I re- remember I had that wrong when we were doing the review then. It takes place way closer to like Massachusetts, the true New England. Okay. But yeah, there's snobby people up there in Martha's Vineyard too. <laughs> <laughs> Some chowder. Um, <laughs> chowder. Chowder. But, well, so the other thing, too, like, I, I, I something that it, it I, I, I really was not sucked into the mystery of was he cheating or wasn't he cheating? Because the movie starts with them at, like, their wedding ceremony, and then the Olive Garden scene happens, and you don't even really like see anything. It's like the kids menu at Olive Garden. Dude, not going to lie, just for the 2 minutes of just like implication that was without literally anything remotely graphic, that was still a pretty awesome that was a pretty awesome Olive Garden, not going to lie. <laughs> so, but so like I don't care about their marriage. I like they're just two people legally obligated to each other and banging each other for all I really know. Like no, according to Chris Rock, I've had intercourse, but I haven't. <laughs> so, but that's what, but what I'm getting at, like, I, I don't care about their relationship. I don't care about their marriage. I don't care about their kids. I don't care about their family. I don't care about their jobs. I don't care about their, uh, 
economic struggle. I don't care. Well, it's about not economic. Her... They don't have that big an economic struggle. Like, I get what you're saying, though. Like all the other things, there's no hook as to like why you should care about these people. That's absent from your. Yeah, view. it just it, it's funny. As much as I don't care about this movie, it can really be tracked to the point that the movie doesn't give you anything to care about. It's really weird. Like as as much as you're supposed to be invested and tied into, is he? is he cheating on this marriage and on this woman and just throwing their family away for a quick uh, clap of the cheeks? I don't care. Like it's all it's, it's yeah. It I'll agree you, with that. It it, that's what, no again, effort. I keep saying the stakes care. aren't there. There's no, there's no real stakes. The stakes come from if you instantly like see Rashida Jones and empathize with oh she's getting cheated on like if you're not hooked in caring about that the second it's implied that oh i think my husband's cheating on me then yeah that's it like <laughs> have fun with the rest of the movie like well the other what about thing bill murray though too, like oh sorry so well hang on a second speaking of the cheating like when it kicks off is is she uh or is he cheating on her it kicks off with she finds like baby oil and it's advertised as full body lotion in his bag. And he's like, well, she couldn't fit it in her luggage. So I put it in mine. I must've forgot to just give it back to her. And I'm like, that's sex oil. Oh dude. And it wasn't just, that's not, that's not, that's not dry skin. Like that's sex oil. Oh dude. It was in, it wasn't just in his suitcase. It was in a bag with like pink hearts and kisses. Like it was clearly a woman's bag. <laughs> Cause I mean, at the end of the movie, they, they have the payoff of, Oh, he went to Cartier and then he buried it in this one box. And the reason it was, he, she didn't get it immediately was because he had to get it engraved. Okay. That's fine. I still have a question about the sex lotion she found. Why did she find sex lotion? I guess in this movie, he actually was telling the truth. Like, I guess that's what it was implying when it got so to the actual So she's just lubing end. herself up to walk around? Well, no, that, I don't know what she's using with it. That's not what the... I don't think that's what matters. I think the matter of the fact when it I gets to the end... I bet what they were doing... I, hmm? I bet what she was doing is she was putting on the skimpiest bikini she could get into, covering herself in that oil, giving him a stick... And saying, hey, let's play shuffleboard, but with me. And then he just, like, rolls her across the floor. And he's like, I got a 10. I don't know the rules of shuffleboard. <laughs> realistically, yes. I this don't know is if a 10 is good. Realistically, this is not how most of these situations would probably end in real life, I'd imagine. But I, I took... I really thought you said, realistically, that's not how you play shuffleboard. And I was like, yeah, I know. No. <laughs> no, I'm just, I know you don't play it with a body. I'm just saying, like, the movie, like... That's why I'm saying the movie, like... I like the kind of twist in it because the way that it transitions from uh, the dad just coming in is just like, now it's about her and the dad and the movie slowly tiptoes you over away from like, okay, the bigger story is not the infidelity. The bigger story is that uh, the dad is kind of roping himself into it as a way to kind of reconnect with the, the daughter. And that's really the, it is them fixing themselves. And then that's how it best. all just happens to be so too nicely done at the end just like oh i he wasn't a bad guy because uh we're at 90 minutes and the movie's over so the best scene in the movie and it's the best development of characters caring for each other is the scene where as he's leaving their their apartment uh wayne uh wayans comes home and they bump into each other 
And that tension, like, oh yeah, Bill Murray. Yeah, Bill Murray is a is a suit wearing, fast talking, uh, charmer type guy. You never you never see him mad. He thinks his daughter's being cheated on, and he thinks he's and he sees the person he thinks is like breaking his daughter's heart. And you can like just tell by his like the way he looks at him and the way he talks. I'm not a huge Bill Murray fan. Like I like a lot of stuff he's in. Um, I have my reservations about Bill Murray, but the look he gives him, I can't deny that's some fantastic acting. Cause he, he has a look and the way he talks to him where he's like, Fuck you mother. Don't you ever hurt my baby girl? Like it's great. It was and interesting. I didn't know that you were, I thought you were a big Bill Murray fan. I thought, I thought you were for some reason. I'm, so it's interesting. I it's complicated. <laughs> it really is because I find him very similar to Chevy Chase. Ex- and I don't think not I'm, an asshole. <laughs> I I think he's an asshole. Bill Murray or Bill Murray. Oh. Oh, never mind. Never mind. I know where this is going. Nope, never mind. No, it's not even about him saying he hates kids from St. Louis. It's not that. Or that he's like a huge Chicago guy. He's just, he comes off as super smug. He doesn't really come off as like trying super hard in anything. He just, he comes across as, I was good in my first couple roles. I stayed in that lane. I've made my money. I'll do your thing, but I'll do it for money. I'm not going to do it because I enjoy it. And I'm going to phone in my performance. I don't find him that interesting in movies, especially movies post like the eighties. Um, and I didn't know you had this, such a, this passionate, a uh, thought about bill. I don't even have that passionate, a thought about bill. I just think he's funny whenever I happen to see him. Like, <laughs> I mean, okay, here's the thing. I don't, I don't outright hate him. I, I, I'm entertained by a lot of stuff. He does. I find him funny. I find his dry sense of humor, really funny. But there's sometimes where it's like, okay, dude, you really need to turn it off and try, and I never see him do that in those moments. Hmm. So I think he's good. I think he is not as good as a lot of people hold him up to be. Huh. That is a hot take here. Whew. Whew. Get out the oven mitts. Jeez. <laughs> and I'm not and here's the other thing too. People that love him, I totally get it. Yeah. It's I, just I don't know I don't know why. I don't know if it's when people say he's so amazing and so perfect and I'm like, yeah, but what about these like things? And they're like, Oh, well, whatever. I don't know if it's like my expectation based on what other people think of him or how is the esteem he's held to. I don't know. It's just, he, it's not like, um, when I see, uh, Camille Nanjiani, it's not like that. In, well, I'm not, I'm not, dude. I'm not even saying it for yeah. a joke. It's, yeah, it's no. not. It's not like where I'm like, oh god, he's in this movie. Like yeah, I see yeah. Bill Murray in something. I'm like, I'm interested to see what Bill Murray does. I know exactly what I'm going to get from Bill Murray. Yeah, and I think that's where my disappointment comes from. And like, part of the and like a big part of my problem with Bill Murray is I know exactly what I'm going to get from Bill Murray. There's no question. I know it's going to be at this specific place, at this specific level, with this, like, amount of inflection. I know exactly what I'm getting. Um, And it's funny because in in my notes, I was like, 
I was like, this movie is kind of like when I realized like, Hey, this is exactly what the issue I have with him is. And then seeing him now, I'm like, Bill Murray. Now I know what I want you to do. You're 65 or 70 years old at this point. I would love to see you be a younger grandpa. Was he so in this role then now that like he's not just being the goofball lead of uh, like how we've seen him a million times. I mean, was it a little bit impressive to see that he actually has some dramatic range when he was the grandpa? I was impressed. And when he stared down the dad, when he when he has the stare down with the husband, I was impressed. What about when they when what about when they get to Mexico and they have that big confrontation about like when she finally snaps at him is just like, hey, you're outdated. You're sexist. You're the reason that you and mom didn't end up working out because you're a piece of crap and you just kind of can't accept that. Like I was impressed when I wasn't impressed when they're pulled over by the cops, when they're busted uh, going to the one room. When uh, he's in the car eating caviar, when he's talking to his driver, when he's pretty pretty much every You're time just... Bill Murray's on screen, <laughs> aside from when he's a grandpa, when he wants to kill the husband, and when he's having the conversation with his daughter, other than that, it's ex- it's the exact Bill Murray I expect in everything. Interesting. I I see. I see. I don't know. I saw Bill Murray that I very rarely ever see. Well, I mean, I don't go see his movies too often as of late, but, like, I don't know. It felt just, it felt different. It felt like Bill Murray actually acting. It didn't feel like Bill Murray's in front of the camera. Like, you know what I mean I by just, that? Yes, and that uh, that is something I feel that I see a lot is I feel like I see Bill Murray in front of the camera a lot. That's that, that's fair. And, it, I, and if it I, doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, it, it really it really breaks down to, Bill Murray, I like you. I want you to – like Groundhog Day. I really liked him in Groundhog Day. Oh, yeah. You 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 you, yeah. you cheated on the show and watched that without me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I saw him in Groundhog Day. I liked him in Groundhog Day. Yeah. That was, 80, that was 87. He's still – or 80 whatever. He's still trying to do that shtick, it seems like, of the, of the charming, delightful asshole. Dude, if it ain't I'm if telling, it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, that's his I'm, that's his bread and butter. <laughs> I'm I'm here to tell you, please challenge yourself and try more. Have you seen any Wes Anderson film? Because he's in almost all of them. <laughs> I don't know, um, but I'm just saying, like, I, I, that's Bill. Mur- okay, so if people were to say Bill Murray is an A plus, I'm like. He's more like a B plus to me. Oh yeah, pump Still the brakes. Good. He's not an A plus. <laughs> uh, but but that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like, if people were to be like, he's an A plus. To me, he's a B plus. He's slightly under what people think he really is to me. And I'm like, no, he's good. Yeah. He's not that good. I I can I can agree with that. Just surely from the fact that like I've not gone out of my way to watch a lot of his resume. And, yeah. And and like and like I've said. His older stuff is better. He basically just, it, it seems like he got to a point where he's like, I can do whatever I want. I, I, I can coast off whatever. Well, it kind of, that just kind of comes with the territory, really. I, he but, can. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, he, he very much doesn't try anymore. Well, he doesn't have to. He's like, he's 80 plus and. <laughs> Be Jack Nicholson. If you don't want to try anymore, just stop being in movies. Well, he doesn't, he, well, I mean, that's two different things. Like Jack Nicholson, like. Yeah, no, he's like done, done. But Bill, 
clearly Bill still works if he's interested enough. Like, he, uh, there's that running joke of, like, there's a special toll-free number that you have to call, like, that he has direct contact with instead of his agent, and, like, to offer him roles. And apparently it's for anybody. Like, that's the urban legend is that I could just Google this number, and then it apparently worked. Or at some point in time it did, but... But yeah, had you ever heard that before? I'd heard that. But I'm just pulling him up now, like what he's done recently besides this. Like, uh, it's not it's not too much. He actually worked with Sofia Coppola a couple years ago on uh, a Bill Murray Christmas or a very Murray Christmas. Did you watch that on Netflix? Nope. Okay, I didn't either. But uh, let's see. He's... But my my main point that I really want people to understand. Oh look, I Wes Anderson. <laughs> He's in the new Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> I I I don't hate Bill Murray. I just don't lose it over Bill Murray. I'm I'm lukewarm to Bill Murray. It's not me like me with Camille Nanjiani. I don't go. Oh Jesus Christ, no. I just I look at him like, oh neat. I'm interested to see what. Uh, I'm interested to see him in this movie. But I know exactly what I'm going to get. Hmm. That is- that's that's my that's my Bill Murray two cents. That is a much stronger two cents than I have. I, that's funny. That I learned something about you today. I thought after knowing you for so long, I learned something today. Which is, honestly, that's funny. I thought I told you. I, I well, I forgot. Uh, I didn't take any notes the last time we had our Bill Murray summit last month. <laughs> no, like I thought I'd said something to you while we were in college. Maybe. I, college was a long time ago. I don't remember. I don't remember if we ever did. Maybe maybe we did, and it was around when the Cubs won in 2016. But I was out of college then, or we were both out of college then. I don't know. Yeah, but it's it's not it's not because I think he's I think he's a jerk. I I've I've heard people not like him because of that. It's not it's not that. I oh dude, there's a there's a there's a documentary. I think it's on Prime. The the Bill Murray Chronicles. I think it's called. And literally, it's just people giving testimonials about just. Bill Murray showing up at the most random things. Like, he showed up at a frat party once, or he showed up at a wedding reception once. Like, have you heard of this? Yep. And, I mean, I haven't watched any of it either, but I heard about it. I just keep forgetting to check it out. But, uh, I don't know. Those people think he's pretty cool. <laughs> um, so, how did you, how did you feel about in the end, he wasn't cheating. That's that's the only really super nitpicky thing I could say about this is that kind of what I keep talking about, the stakes don't really match. Like, the stakes kind of seemed like they were finally getting somewhere when they were in Mexico and she finally snaps on her dad. But then it's just like, oh, no, he didn't cheat. And literally, like, that's it. Yeah. Like, it just kind of, like... I kind of felt robbed. The movie just kind of ended. Like, it was a little... Yeah. Like, it was a little sweet that she is just like, oh, well, I'm, I'm so sorry. I mean, you've just been gone all the time. Like, she has a reasonable explanation for why she's upset. But then it's just like, oh, no, baby, it's okay. We're... I understand. And, like... I don't know, it kind of came off a little just convenient, just kind of like, oh my god, we can't go over 100 minutes. Like, I was I was a little surprised there wasn't more to it. I I was looking through my notes to get to some of the stuff I have about the ending of the movie, and I actually have a note. Bill Murray needs to grow and show some damn remorse. 
I love that he didn't. I I love I love that Bill Murray. I they're them. I'm glad that they were more the center of the the movie. Like really, they're uh re- reconciling together and looking through the skeletons in their closets. Like I like that that was there because Bill Murray as an antagonist was way more interesting than just Marlon Wayans lurking in the background like trying to catch him cheat. I'm really glad this movie ended up turning into Bill and Rashida's movie. So I've I've got a couple notes at the end. Um, one, it sums sums up my feelings very much. Is there a surprise turn that now he has herpes? He can't not <laughs> be cheating. <laughs> that, like that's half my notes too. Is just oh no, he cheating. Okay, looks like he's doing it there. Oh yeah, he's cheating. Like that's half of my notes. <laughs> yeah, and then and then I've, it's followed up with wait. Why did he go to Cartier? Oh, wait, never mind. Like, as I'm typing that out is when she pulls the box out yeah. of the box he gives her at dinner. Um, and then also, uh, Wayne is a good actor, and I'm glad to see him taking on serious roles because he, for a while, was... We didn't... <laughs> I wouldn't say phoning it in, but he was acting in some pretty terrible movies and, like, being, like, really bad characters that are just, like... Yeah, it's like this one joke that we're gonna hammer into your head for an hour and a half. Lest we forget, <clears throat> lest we forget white chicks. <laughs> oh, and uh, uh, and naked that came out on Netflix a couple years ago. Do you remember trailers for that? No, dude, it's Groundhog Day, but it resets with him completely butt naked in public. <laughs> oh, speak, speak, speaking of speaking of Marlon Wayne. So I've got this note. This is a very nitpicky note, but he's big and successful, and he drives a Nissan Rogue. <laughs> I doubt he's successful if he's driving a Nissan Rogue. And look, if you drive a <laughs> Nissan Rogue or ex- and aspire to drive a Nissan Rogue, that's fine. But that's incredibly affordable. <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> how I mean, many how many probably... rented cars are, are there for a family man though? You can get like uh, BMW SUVs, Audi SUVs, uh, Infinity SUVs, uh, Austin Aston Shot, Martins. Like, just shots fired at Nissan. A <laughs> Nissan Rogue? Are you serious? The most common midsize SUV? Really? <laughs> it may have been her car. She's just a writer, dude. He probably just takes Ubers everywhere. I've I've got one. I, the note above that is I don't know what a belly buster is, but it sounds good, and I want it. A belly buster. When do they talk about belly? It buster? was the ice cream Sunday. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I remember <laughs> now. <laughs> but um. So oh, I've got I've actually got a good line when uh uh Rashida is asking Marlon how was the trip. And he goes, oh, it's good. It was really productive. I was like, was it good, really productive and really reproductive? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's shoving it in her vagina. Um, <laughs> but back back to kind of what started our discussion on this. I, I, I'm not saying I'm sitting there rooting for him to be cheating on her, but I don't know. I don't know if if him not cheating in the end is the problem or if it's just the way they reveal it, I, it, it just feels so underwhelming that 
It's nothing. I voted. I voted the reveal. This movie. I didn't care. I I'm starting to think it's that that too because it's nothing. Nothing got me to care about these characters. Nothing got me sucked into the story. The stakes felt really low, and the one thing you had that was raising the stakes, you're like, eh, wasn't doing it anyway. Yeah, it kind I, of feels like a waste of time at that point. Like it kind of is like, I'm not outraged and angry, but it's kind of like, why did I just sit here and watch your movie then? Like, there's nothing in this movie. I. I contend that I think the characters are interesting enough, but the story doesn't really... It relies a little too heavily just kind of on the charisma of them, I suppose, versus any kind of narrative heft, especially... Like, it does get a little bit of heft when it's in Mexico in the last third of the movie, but I agree, outside of that, especially when it actually reveals that Marlon wasn't cheating, it's just kind of, oh, no, he wasn't. Like, that kind of matter-of-factly just, like, really like and then it's over like it's just it's what it is i i laughed a handful of times but i will i will say that okay the thing that i thought was the funniest is when bill speaking of things that were make us laugh when bill murray and rashida jones are talking at like her birthday dinner or whatever about about like the possibility of cheating and then the waitress is just standing right there oh yeah (laughs) i was like I was like, that's not a super original gag, but it, you executed it pretty well. Um, I laughed really yeah, hard every say... time Jenny Slate was on screen. Every time that Rashida's just rolling her eyes and Jenny's just going like, yeah, so I broke up with my boyfriend, but he he doesn't see me the way I see me. I see me as a great open person or whatever she was rambling on about every time. I thought she was. I thought Jenny did a great job playing that character. Me and you know someone that's exactly like her and... Um, I've made fun of that person on here indirectly. Uh, oh, I have to text you something about her when we're done taping. You just reminded me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know what it is. I, I think you do. <laughs> um, but she just seems like, so she, there's a moment where she's on screen and she's wearing a shirt that says afternoon delight. Do you know what that's slang for? Yep. Thank you. Arrested <laughs> development. <laughs> yeah. I know it because I watched, I love the seventies and they were talking about the song afternoon delight. And they're like, that's afternoon sex. Like, Oh, and that song in, is about in, sex in the afternoon. In arrested development, uh, Lucille, the mother takes, um, uh, or no, it's, it's not Lucille. It's, uh, George Michael and, uh, Michael Sarah. I, George Michael Jr., whatever. I'm sorry, Arrested Development fans. Hate me later. They're up on stage singing Afternoon Delight, and everybody's looking at him thinking that... Uh, <laughs> thinking that George Michael is banging his son. And it's, oh, my God. It's so funny. <laughs> Dude. But, like, okay, that was funny, but, like... I just... I I chuckled. There's nothing that made me outright laugh in this movie, so I didn't find it. As, I didn't find it a very good comedy. I didn't find it to be. Look, I know nothing is ever going to be as good as Marriage Story is in terms of like a relationship drama. Ooh, ooh. but I've I've seen a few I put up with there. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, that movie got me to care about those characters, and this didn't. Right. Um. I, I I think the movie's biggest fault is just from the beginning, I don't care about these people's relationship. And it does nothing to suck me into it or find these characters relatable. So it's you're just kind of like Yeah. 
going I, through a journey. And there's there's also several instances in this movie where they they do things that are deliberately to try and get you to relate with these characters where they're like, oh, look, she has no time and everyone wants to get coffee with her. And I'm like, uh, I don't have that problem. I don't know what that problem's like. Well, oh, well, no, you and I wouldn't, but like, it's a universal. Are you saying that I'm I'm not good enough to have friends other than you? No, I'm no the the not having time to do anything besides like worry about the kids because the dad's gone. Like, there are universal problems that she's going through. Well, the other the other thing too, if they really wanted to drum up the the disparity in their marriage roles, like. They never show her struggling to really raise the kids. It's just like occasionally they're late to stuff. Well, it's just the stress of like trying to keep it all. Like, no, we don't see like real like horrific consequences of like, no, it's just it's just the everyday struggle and being exhausted at the end of the day. And then my asshole dad shows up and wants to go on a wild adventure and I don't want to go celebrate my birthday. Like Kelsey does that and it drives me nuts. Just I don't want to. I don't want to celebrate this. Well, I do. <laughs> well, you're like, well, it's a free dinner, so shut up and let's eat. <laughs> we get free cake out of this. <laughs> Kelsey, Kelsey's one of those people where if you were to like walk into like Texas Roadhouse and be like, "Hey, it's her birthday." And then they like had her sit on the saddle and they like did the birthday song and yelled and drew attention to her. She's like, "I'm not talking to you the rest of the night and I'm not sharing the brownie." Oh, dude, I, I don't blame her. I'm one of those people too. I really don't. Well, it, yeah, in public like that, no, I don't know any sane person that actually enjoys that attention. <laughs> uh, that's because those people are sociopaths. Um, <laughs> so, who would you cast Nick Cage to be in this movie? Because there's there's not that many people. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of slim like, pickings there's in a, this. <laughs> there's a bunch of there's a bunch of extras in the movie, but there's not really that many characters. If Nicolas Cage could have been um who Bill Murphy Bill Murray referred to as oh, the the lady with the long legs. Like that'd be so funny if like Nick Cage was was that role, like if they decided to invert this and like think that he's cheating on her with a dude and that dude was Nick Cage. Is that too controversial or too insensitive or <laughs> I don't know. I really don't I... know. Like if Nick I just I just thought, oh, if Nick Cage was the guy that uh he was cheating on her with, that'd be kind of interesting. I I think I'd make him the driver. Oh, Bill Murray's driver. Yeah. I like I like uh, that better than mine. Also, I have a I, question I, about that I, driver. Huh? The the scene where they go out for Rashida Jones's birthday, Bill Murray's like Moose Jaw or whatever that guy's name is could watch the kids, and then like the next shot is Bill Murray and Rashida Jones leaving the apartment, getting in a car, and Moose Jaw drives them. I was like, isn't he supposed to watch the kids? I think it was that downstairs neighbor that you see for a hot second. Oh, okay. I think that's who it was implied to. To, to be watching the kids but yeah yeah i don't know i this is there's not really a good there's this is a really crappy movie for the casting nick cage question <laughs> this is also just a really hard movie to talk about i i have somewhat i'll, I'll agree pretty much it's because there's not really much to it like it's it's 
it kind of just comes and goes and like it's a relationship drama that ends up being about two different relationships which is surprising and was kind of neat but outside of that it doesn't really i don't know it doesn't really i'm i it didn't change my life it didn't make me rethink anything i just was a movie that started and then stopped but i still give it a full pan i enjoyed like i keep saying i enjoyed the 90 minutes while i was watching it but no i'm probably never gonna watch this again i'm not gonna remember it tomorrow <laughs> you barely remembered it now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I f- remember, I forgot the title of the movie as we were reviewing the movie. Yeah, well, I guess now is a better time than ever to go ahead and wrap this up. So we'll take a very brief break, a very Murray brief break. No. <laughs> and then uh, when we come back, we'll remind you what our next film is. We'll be right back. I'm sorry, I didn't realize this movie was going to be that messed up. Alright, everybody. Once again, we have taken the time machine for our second film of the week. Nick, once again, please remind everybody that missed it at the top what we watched. Cape Fear. (laughs) Yes. Yes, Cape Fear. The 1991 remake of the film from the 60s. Uh, Don't actually have that year right up in front of me, but it starred Gregory Peck. This time around, it is Cape Fear from Martin Scorsese. The film was written by Wesley Strick from an earlier screenplay. That would be the 1960s film written by James R. Webb. As we said, the film stars longtime Scorsese star Robert De Niro, Nick Nolte, Jessica Lange from American Horror Story. I feel like that's where most of our listeners are going to know her from. And then Juliette Lewis. Uh, For those who don't remember her, she was Woody Harrelson's wife in Natural Born Killers, among other roles that she had. So, Nick, given that you picked this movie uh, and hadn't seen it before, much like me, surprisingly, never seen this either, uh, what is your hot take on this? How did you like Cape Fear? That is depressed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my God. So I, I had never seen this movie. The only thing I knew about it was De Niro was in it. And what I had seen parodied, like on The Simpsons, was the most obvious one that sticks out to me. Oh, dude. As, as hard as it's going to be to talk about this without bringing that up seeing the movie now makes me love that parody even more. Like, obviously, yes, we're out of the loop up to this point, like at how good it was, but ah, chef's kiss to the Simpsons producers that made that episode. They did such a great job. Well, the, the, the thing that I knew about it too, was mostly parodies. Like I said, mostly parodies of it. And what I knew of the movie is that it's about this guy in jail who blames this one person who's not in jail for putting him in jail. He gets out of prison and then it's about him trying to get his revenge and kill that guy. I did not know that that guy rapes a lot of people. 
I didn't and... know that it was his own lawyer. I knew it was a rapist, but I didn't know it was his own lawyer. I thought it was the opposition lawyer, like the, uh, the I thought prosecutor. it was. I thought it was a key witness or something. Right, yeah, not his own lawyer. <laughs> yeah, like, like Bart was a key witness. I was like, oh, it's just a guy. Like, no, apparently it's a guy that, like, was in a position of power to help him. But Right. Um, yeah, uh, this has the most horrific rape scene I have ever seen in a movie. Um, How would you rank it amongst the five rape scenes that we've seen for the show? No. <laughs> Well, okay, so we've we have established that my brain's coping mechanism for just horrifically uncomfortable or terrible things happening in movies is I like find something to laugh at. That scene was so horrific to witness that my jaw dropped, my eyes got teary, and I was kind of just like I wanted to pause the movie and just go sit and think about something for two minutes. Dude, I um, I would only I thought about it. I think the only act of violence or assault against a woman that we've seen on the show, specifically on the show, that I think was worse than that was when Matthew McConaughey completely beat the crap out of what's her face in Killer Joe. I still think that was just a little bit more intense for me. I think this is the most intense just because of how quickly it turns. Yeah. No, it's a like, it's a good art. It's a good argument for this being the most horrific. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> the Matthew McConaughey. I was gonna say the Matthew McConaughey one. I don't remember turning very quickly. Like it's a, it's more of a build in this one. No, he they're giggling, they're flirty, they're kissy, and then he handcuffs her, and then he just like punches her in the back of the head, bites her cheek off, and then rapes her. It's oh, and pulls her arm out of socket. Ter- <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. Oh. Um. Dude, oh, I, I, yeah. I, I will say Robert De Niro with a southern accent needs to happen more. Um, Nick Nolte without a beard just is wrong. Like Nick Nolte plays a lawyer in this movie, and Nick Nolte looks like someone that would nowadays looks like someone that like needs a lawyer. Dude, um, Nick Nolte, <laughs> irony for his life later. Uh, <laughs> Nick Nolte, we can actually understand. By the way, we can actually yeah. understand him in this, and unlike Warrior. <laughs> he sounds like that he just got back from a like a metal concert like <laughs> yeah um he like all all the acting in this movie is great i get a little confused about why the daughter is like turned on by uh robert de niro after like like yeah he's he's trying he's he's very good at predatory behavior robert de niro is in this movie but like after she watches him like beat her dad or and tie him up or something, she still acts like she's like, oh, he's so he's so sexy and stuff. It's like he's going to murder your family. Um, but I really enjoyed this movie. It was a it was a two hour movie and it went by so quick. Um, this is one of the shorter um, Scorsese movies I can think of. Um, We've only done two others for the show shutter island and the irishman and they were like 225 and then 320 <laughs> yeah this was this was 210 <laughs> he was like nah i got a plane to catch <laughs> um but yeah i really like it i give it sprinkles um we're gonna honestly have to start picking some crap movies because we've been liking our movies too much lately um heresy heresy no. <laughs> but 
Yeah, I I will say to anyone that watched this that was like me and not knowing how dark of a movie it is, I'm sorry. I had no idea it was that dark. I thought it was, he just wants to kill that guy, not he wants to kill that guy and then do some of the most terrible things a human being can do to make that man suffer. Um, but yeah, I give it sprinkles. Oh, dude. Uh, on our rate, on our rating scale too, I'm the highest rating. I'll just throw that out there too. It's a full pan of berries from sprinkles from both of us or <laughs> full brownie pan with sprinkles from both of us. Sorry. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, I can do my hot take real quick. Uh, this is really, really, really You're not good. Even elaborate what the rating scale is. It's, well, okay, fine. Our highest ranking is a full bounty pan with sprinkles, icing, and all the fixings on top. Pretty good movie overall is a full pan of brownies. A so-so whatever 50-50 is a half pan of brownies. Pretty bad movie overall is a single brownie and a contender for worst film of the year is a movie so bad. You don't even get a brownie. You get a cookie. So, yeah, that's how highly we think of Cape Fear. This movie sprinkles on sprinkles on sprinkles. It's a fantastic movie. I am very embarrassed that I've never seen this up until this point, and... Frankly, I didn't know as much about this movie as I uh, as I thought I did either. Uh, like I said, I didn't know it was uh, his own lawyer. Um, I didn't realize the, the stars that were in this, like Nick Nolte, Jessica Lange was in something besides American Horror Story. And then, dude, his daughter, Juliette Lewis, you've never, or have you seen Natural Born Killers or at least parts of it? I, uh... Can you, can you picture her in that movie in your head? Just a picture of her. I think I've maybe seen like five seconds of a trailer for that movie. I've seen nothing of it. The only thing I know about it is that the, like I've said, I get fascinated by like tragic real life events. So the Columbine massacre, I've seen some documentaries on it. I know that the two boys that perpetuated that massacre were fascinated with that movie that's all i know ah okay well not tying to that i just uh she was uh she was three years removed from this movie when she made that and i just can't i don't understand how she grew up as much as she did because she looks like she was 17 when she shot this but she looks like she's like 15 like she looks like a freshman that's funny that's funny that you say that because one of my notes in all capital letters is she's 16 or 15. Oh, really? I, dude, I thought she was I thought she was in her 20s. Oh, no. I thought she looked I thought she was deaf. I to me she looked like she was in high school. But uh 3 years later she was in Natural Born Killers and like I I pulled up still photos from it on IMDb and I thought that she aged so much like I almost didn't recognize her. Like it's it's astound it was astounding to me like how young she felt in this but then in 3 years she would make that insane uh oliver stone movie uh, but anyway uh i mean more or less i'm kind of mimicking you i this movie is so great at just leaning into just how nasty max caddy is and all the links that he goes to torment and torture this family and it's not all just shock for the sake of shock scorsese does this masterful job of building the suspense they're like these little actions and the little stalker attitude and then the gaslighting and then the um, my favorite thing about this movie really is that we see the the the, the extent of his uh, strength and uh, evilness 
in that assault in the first 20 minutes of the movie. So the whole rest of the movie, it's just that is where the suspense is, is that we know what he can do. It's just a matter of when that Viper's going to finally strike and catch uh, Nick Nolte. Like, and dude, Robert De Niro just eats up the screen like he's at a buffet. He is clearly having a ball with this role. And it and it's great to watch. As uncomfortable as I was, like, that's how good the performance was. I loved how uncomfortable he made me feel. Because this dude was a psychopath. And I, I'm so glad he got an Oscar nomination for it. Uh, same with Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis was uh, another Oscar nominee for Best Supporting Actress. Um, unfortunately, those were the only two Oscars that this got nominated for. But, I mean, they're rightfully deserved. Something, something that it could have been nominated, nominated for was the directing style like the camera work this oh cinematography yeah that's the word um this very much feels like a movie that was filmed in like the 50s or 60s oh dude that was part of the trivia was that uh scorsese like deliberately tried to shoot this like alfred hitchcock would have in his prime like the 50s it it comes across as something like that oh yeah you can just see it in the lighting like all the lighting in this movie feels like um I just watched a uh, rear window speaking of Hitchcock uh, two weeks ago. And um, the lighting in that is very similar to this. Like they just, it looks like a sixties movie in color, like uh, just the way that he composed this. It really does feel like a movie almost out of time, except you wouldn't see a movie this violent in the sixties. I can say that with certainty. <laughs> I feel like there'd be less rape. Um, on screen implied but on screen no <laughs> yeah but no um, this this movie's this movie's amazing i can't wait to read more of the trivia that i have because reading the trivia for this was a blast watching this was a blast it's on netflix right now guys absolutely go stop us watch it and then come back still there yes oh were you stopping for the listeners to watch the movie first? No, I stopped because I thought you had a point. Oh, no. I was just saying, no, I was just saying listeners should stop us, watch the movie, and then come back because there's uh, no reason you haven't seen one. There's no reason you shouldn't have seen this movie. <laughs> one thing people will know after they watch this movie is 1998 Godzilla ripped off the music. Did they? I've... This sounds like the Godzilla's soundtrack. I don't remember godzilla that much i've kind of repressed it since we watched it a year and a half ago (laughs) second review daniel a year and a half ago like a year and two-thirds of a year ago at this point nothing important has happened since then no not at all no virus no election no big moves for both of us in our lives (laughs) no weddings yeah (laughs) nothing that caused us to take weeks off no (laughs) um this music by the way was awesome i thought that the simpsons kind of was just like doing a version of the music from this movie i'm pretty sure they just ripped the music from this movie it just got the permission to (laughs) so robert de niro at the beginning of the movie when he walks out and they're like what about your books i love his response i already read them oh my gosh I love that twice in the movie, like, or no, was he upside down in the jail uh, when we first see him? No, he is doing dips. Oh, that's okay. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Like, it's kind of, it's kind of goofy now, 
like, okay, full disclosure, I was laughing for the first 20 minutes because of how identically The Simpsons did parody it, like, his so, tattoos and the music and, I, like, him getting out of jail. But then after I, those 20 minutes, that's when it turned back into, like, oh, God, this movie's actually terrifying. I've actually got a question about his tattoos. Um, they show him without a shirt, and it looks like he has the SS lightning bolts tattooed on him. But it, And he plays a character from the South. And I'm not saying all Southerners are racist. That's not what I mean at all. What, but what I'm getting at is th- th- his tattoos are very similar to uh, SS lightning bolt tattoos that you see on, like, white Aryan Brotherhood prisoners. Is there anything in the trivia about he's supposed, like, he's supposed to be some racist or something? No, not that okay. I no. I I'm trying to find those 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 specific tattoos. I keep seeing pictures of all his other tattoos, like the Loretta heartbreak and the Reaper, and then the cross on his back, it's, and all it's the, the one, truth it's and the one, justice. It's the one on his stomach that's like kind of like in the like the ab like the ab v area region. Oh, the 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 part of the stomach that I can't say with us keeping our clean rating. The the Ah, screw it. I'll censor it. Yeah, the the, 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 the dumpster the... or the gum gutters. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I have to censor that twice. Yes. <laughs> no, I did not mean the first thing I said. <laughs> uh, um, I'm I can't find. Okay, because that that was something I was wondering. Is I was like, is he supposed to be a racist southerner? I don't know. No, I can't. Oh no, there it is. There it is. I finally found it. Sorry, this is terrible audio, but yeah, I just found it. Uh. I mean, they, they they look so much like him. It looks like they're like, we can't give him that exact tattoo, uh, so we have well, to modify s- it. It's on both sides, too, and they're, like, pointing inward. Like, I eh, I don't see it. Okay. Like, kind of, but eh, I don't know. I don't think he is. And I and, and to answer your question, no, I didn't see that in the trivia either. Um, he also has an amazing lighter. It's a blinky nipple lighter. <laughs> that, that was one of my notes, too, was cool lighter, bro. <laughs> Do you want to know what my note is about him watching a movie? Oh, watching. Oh, uh, I forgot to look up what that movie was because it had a Matthew. Bro- that was Matt or not Matthew Broderick. That was. Uh, oh, uh, John. Ritter. Wait, that was a real movie. I thought that was a fake movie. Well, it was John Ritter, whether it was real or not. That was actually John Ritter. <laughs> oh, but my note is I feel like Robert De Niro has seen a movie with me at one point. <laughs> Did you notice that? There was smoke coming from behind. Yeah, like if you look really closely at the seat behind him, you can see like smoke, like a fog machine, like was yeah. behind his chair. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I was like, I feel like Robert De Niro has seen a movie with me at one point. Um, have you been to it? Of all your stories, you at least haven't had somebody actually with a giant Cuban cigar in the movie cackling like a maniac. <laughs> no, I've I've been to a. Uh, uh, it's the guy from Bob and Tom that did Yeah Toast. Drawing a blank. Not sure. Wait, a guy from Bob and Tom did Yeah Toast? Yeah. The Yeah he, Toast! Yeah Toast! Yeah Toast! And he plays it on the toaster. I didn't know that was uh, a guy from Haywood, Bob and Tom. Haywood Banks. I went to a Haywood Banks concert when I was in college with uh, with my family. I did not enjoy it that much. And there was some guy. <laughs> Thanks for taking me, guys. <laughs> yeah, there was some drunk guy that came in that was like interrupting, but at some point he pulled out uh, rolling papers and some marijuana and tried making a, a joint and lighting it. And I, I just straight up got up and I went like, 
because he was being pretty rude throughout the show or whatever. But I was like, dude, I'm not about to like fail a drug test because of you. I got up and went cut security. I was like, you need to get this guy out of here. Wow, way to go, narc. <laughs> I'm sorry. Drink alcohol like an adult. I <laughs> <laughs> smoke weed because I'm perpetually an eighth grader. <laughs> wow, Destroy two your... hot takes in a two hot <laughs> takes in a week. <laughs> You're a roll. <laughs> also, drink responsibly. Um, <laughs> Between this and Bill Murray, dude. <laughs> I feel like Bill Murray was a more well formulated thought. Um, how about we talk about cape fear again (laughs) can i can i okay so i got one more kind of jokey thing i want to point out Uh, sure is the scene where nick nolte has sex with his wife oh when it does like the the camera negative editing yeah my my note was olive garden so good you'll go colorblind See, I was just Which, see, I I was just thinking like, oh, interesting. I wonder why he chose to do that effect, and I wonder when it's going to come up again. Like, <laughs> well, what's funny is I was actually under the impression that this movie was filmed in black and white. Hmm. I don't know where I got that from, but what? that's what I thought. The like, I, I thought that was in the movie, like that it was black and white. So when that happened, I was like, oh, is the rest of the movie going to be in black and white? Nope, just till she. <laughs> Well, and then at the very, very end, too, when it was the shot of, uh, excuse me, Juliet's eyes, which, by the way, I don't know what it was about that shot with the music and it just slowly going, like, negative and then red and then fade to black. Something about that was extremely unsettling to me. <laughs> Pansy boy. Um, I was, so I'm sorry. I was genuinely creeped out by that final shot. And it's like, oh, cool. Now I get to go to bed with that. That's what creeped you out in this movie. Not the most. Not when he becomes a cannibal. Not the most. I'm saying that that was, that being the final shot of the movie genuinely creeped me out. And it's just like, great. Now I get to go to bed now. Thanks. Like, (laughs) so, okay. So let's talk about Robert De Niro's plan because it's, I mean, it's terrible, but. It's very, very, it it feels way more laid out than some elaborate movie plots that we've seen. Like, this is a much better plan than, it, let's say, Lex, Lex Luthor's plan in Justice League. Or uh, Batman vs. Superman. It's terrible. It's terrible in what he wants to do, but it's a very good plan. Oh, yeah. It's um, far It's far less convoluted than... He, his, he feels the best way to get back at him is to make him feel like he can't protect what he loves the most and then make him suffer and die. Yeah. Um... He he picks uh, he picks every single moment so perfectly. Like he destroy he just destroys his life. But he does it in such a way that like it really is crumbling. Like he doesn't just swing for the fence. Like he goes for the clerk and then the dog and then like it's all the it's little mounting things. Like he doesn't just go for like something overly elaborate or crazy. Like he really really took those fourteen years to think this out. Yeah, and that's funny because he points out, he's like, I learned how to read in jail. And it's like, do you develop an IQ of 122? Because you're pretty smart. Um, well, dude, when you're when all you can do is go into the yard and eat and then go back into your cell, like, if he beha- if he behaved enough for book time, like, there's, I, I'd imagine he's had a lot of reading time. He's got one of the best lines of the movie is one of the more graphic is when uh, Nick Nolte's like, how much will it take you get to get you to leave me alone? 
He's like, what about $10,000? And he goes, uh, and then he ups it to 50000 He's like, let's do some math. If I worked any, like, divisor, he's like, that's like $10. That's less than minimum wage. Oh, I And lo- he's like, he's like, <laughs> is $50,000 supposed to make me forget about when I was held down and gang raped by a bunch of guys? I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Oh, dude, I love right before that when he's, when he's just like, how much money do you want? And then he just looks at his side, at his passenger seat in his car, and he's like, do I look desolute to you, sir? <laughs> For some reason, I really like that line. <laughs> he, the thing, the thing that is very interesting about Robert De Niro's character is he's, it's got that Joker thing of he wants nothing but chaos, but at the same time, you know what he wants? He wants revenge on this one guy. He's not just doing this, but he kind of is just like, I will do whatever it takes to make you unhappy, and I don't care what it costs me or if it will endanger me. Well, Joker just, just Joker wants Joker wants revenge on the world because he blamed the world for being what caused him to be in the situation that he was. This guy has a very specific target and clearly is going out of his way, and nothing is going to stop him. He's going to seduce the daughter. He's going to assault. He's going to kill anything that gets in his way like he's gonna survive getting attacked in the streets and nearly killed three more people like <laughs> i've actually got a note somewhere and this was like my god does this guy feel pain and then it gets lit on fire and i was like apparently yes yeah it just takes a little getting, bit more than a lead pipe <laughs> when he's getting beat up dude oh my god he's just like uh, ow, uh, ow, uh, 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 and it's like all right my turn it's like that dude when he when when uh Nick Nolte tries to run away and he kicks whatever he kicks, I actually jumped in my seat and just yelled, "Oh, he's about to die!" <laughs> I that that scared the crap out of me and all the tension leading up to him just going, "Eh, screw it. Who cares if you're here?" And he just drops the pipe. It's like, oh my! Like I was. That was one of the most genuinely scared moments I've had for the show. Like, I, where I thought a character was going to die. Dude, what's funny about, uh, about, like, his plan is, I don't think he knew exactly when he wanted it to end. He just knew how he wanted it to end. Hmm. Explain. What do you mean? Well, you always hear about like first we do this, then we do this, then we do this. He kills he kills the dog, then he uh attacks and rapes the mistress. He tries to seduce the daughter and then he attacks him on the boat and he's stalking them in between every single thing just to let him yeah. know, "Hey, I'm watching you, bro." <laughs> yeah, so it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know if he actually knew exactly how he wanted to try and kill the family. But he knew that that's what he wanted. Well, he has to wait for his moment. He has to wait for all those moments where the he starts to slip through the cracks because even though he's a lawyer, when he's put into a corner, he's going to have to fight back. Like, he was waiting for that moment where he broke just enough that he could pin him for, uh, like, when he ended up turning the tables and making it look like that he beat him up or, if not, hired somebody else to beat him up. Instead of, you know, I beat this guy up in self-defense, it was, hey, I preemptively beat this guy up, like when he uh, when he went to court. 
Well, there's he's a waiting for all this. those moments like that. There's a moment in this that reminds me of Snakes on a Plane, where at a certain point, Nick Nolte <laughs> when Nick Nolte gets bit in the dick by a spider or by a snake, <laughs> and then you just hear Robert De Niro. You're gonna know what loss is. <laughs> um, I guarantee it. Um, <laughs> no, it's when uh, <laughs> it's when Nick Nolte comes into that one guy's office and he's like, "I need a gun," and I'm like, "Look, man, I I know not everyone is super cool with guns and super comfortable. You haven't looked into getting a gun until right now. It's been like a week." Well, no, he's a lawyer. He's trying to think of, like, the lawful, civilist ways to, like, go about this. And then, again, at that breaking point, that's when he starts thinking about full measures instead of half measures. And Put then a I hole love in his chest. You win. That guy, that guy, though, he was like, he knew that that Nolte was starting to snap because he's like, okay, I'll get you my gun. But do you know what it's like to shoot a person? Do you know? I do, uh, like, I do like that. I do like that part. Like when he goes, look, you're going to realize it's not like shooting trees. I was like, that's a funny line, but that makes perfect sense. Yeah. When he finally is just like, okay, I've been in your side this whole time and you got to hear this truth. Killing somebody is not easy. Like, <laughs> Dude. So can you, um, can you imagine like the, the freaking balls on the wife? when Robert De Niro's driving by their house and she starts like egging the guy on. I'm like, lady, no, no, this is very much not how you handle this situation. Oh dude. I, I wouldn't have done what she did. I would have just been like, Oh, red car. Bye. I would have just, Nope. I would not have confronted him. First of all, that's not a red car. That's a Mustang. It's a crowd killer because the people don't know how to drive them and they take out crowds. (laughs) (laughs) Take it was it, take that Ford. Um, that was it. That was a very nice Mustang. Yes. Uh, what uh, he what? ruins he ruins that Mustang though by putting bumper stickers on it right before he gets beat up. Wait, what bumper stickers were on his car? I don't remember. I don't know what bumper stickers they were, but the shot where he pulls into the parking spot right before they attack him with the pipe and the motorcycle chain. Oh. They okay. show they show the back end of the car and it's got bumper stickers on it now, and I'm like, oh, why'd you do that? <laughs> You're not a fan of and, accessorizing. <laughs> not on that kind of car with that. Um But when he um when he pulls up and she's like she's like, Oh, you're that uh Max Cative character. Well why don't you just get a good look at this? Don't you like like just starts egging on I'm like, uh lady, you're yelling at someone that's known to have committed battery and you don't know this but sexual assault and rape, but why are you egging this guy on? Yeah. Dude, Jessica Lang was so good in this movie. Can we can I use this to segue into talking about their relationship Nick Nolte and Jessica Lang's like I love when they have this fight in the bedroom when he's uh talking to uh the mistress and it completely turns the table at least for me at this point where it's like, "Oh, well Nick Nick Nolte's kind of a piece of shit do like i i can't necessarily i can't necessarily feel as bad for him anymore he's cheated on his wife multiple times like (laughs) dude i loved when um like he's talking to the mistress they explicitly have a line that says we haven't done anything yet (laughs) 
dude, I love her reaction when she's in the mirror in the glass. Like I well, first off, that shot where he sees her in the glass is a beautiful shot. And then her reaction is so good. It's when she's like, Oh, well, who was that on the phone? Was that you having another adolescent affair or like infidelity adolescent infidelity she says she says she's like i don't know what i hate more your denial or your adolescent infidelities or something like that that's it yeah yeah, yeah. dude the way she delivers that line and then finally just like like finally snaps on him just like i can't believe you're doing this again like whoa that was not where i thought this was gonna turn like (laughs) well the other thing that's funny too about that is she acts like this has happened before and it's like why are you putting on a front like you have a perfect marriage because up until that point like you never see him argue or anything they just seem great and then well, she they went acts to ther- like this they has went happened to therapy. before and she can't trust him they went to therapy he repeats constantly like as as a tactic just like well this is therapy this is like what the doctor told us to talk about yeah. the way you said that made me think of Hank Hill well doctor said well, Peggy, the doctor said I need to express my feelings, but dang it, I can only talk about propane. Peggy, you're just like a charcoal grill. I got no room in my life for you. I'm kidding. Charcoal's the way to go. Um, <laughs> I can only set you on fire in a chimney. What? <laughs> um, speaking. I can only set you on fire with a lighter with blinky titties. Speaking speaking of King of the Hill, I actually have a note that uh, how'd you pull a King Juliet, of the Hill note out of this? <laughs> Juliet Lewis reminds me of the knees. Oh, Miss Peggy. <laughs> yeah, like I love when she goes in her room. By the way, she's got a Megadeth poster um, in her room. But when she goes in her room and she turns on TV and she just starts listening oh. to uh, uh, "Patience" by uh, uh, oh, I was trying, I was trying Guns to pull- and Roses. Oh, I was trying to pull up some of the music she was listening to, like the the music video she had on. Uh, but what were you saying? She, I, I just love when she goes in there and it's like, how 90s is your room? And then she like turns on the TV, starts listening to uh, Guns N' Roses and calls her friend. And she's like, I'm just having a hard time. And then like her parents are screaming in the background. I'm like, oh, her family secretly is white trash. <laughs> oh, uh. No, there was a. I don't know if it's the same scene or if you've got. <laughs> I've the... actually got. I've actually got a joke about that scene written where like. It's or it's not that scene. It's the later scene after she gets kissed by De Niro at school, and then he's like, "He didn't touch you, did you? Did he?" And she like smiles and she won't stop smiling, and he's like, "Wipe that smile off your face." I've got a thing that says, "I'm assaulting you because I care." Like he Dude. like. That was like so pins her to the bed and like has his hand on her mouth and she's like freaking out. I'm like. Dude, do you not see how this is wrong? Yeah. Oh, okay, hold on. Uh, the music video, the trivia here says the music video that Danielle watches to avoid her parents' argument is Jane's addiction's been caught stealing. That's what that. I'm tell. I'm telling you, she was listening to Patience. I don't. I don't. I. I don't doubt she was. I. I literally just. I, all I heard was just music. I didn't. I didn't decipher any music in this. Like to the what the song was but that's just what the trivia set was but uh but dude the um going from uh that scene in the high school which in itself was so uncomfortable uh i actually wrote in my notes uh (laughs) i loved her line speaking of that scene i loved her line 
when she's like, you're not supposed to smoke that in school. He's like, you're not going to tell me for smoking a little grass, are you? And then she goes, are you the, the theater teacher? I'm like, you just caught him smoking a J, you idiot. Why would you think he's the teacher? What are you doing, drama teacher? <laughs> uh, that, that's not as funny. Step drama teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Put your thumb in my mouth. <laughs> that was weird. Dude, that was... Oh, my God. Okay, so she's... It's interesting in these two scenes, like... She gets kind of seduced and gaslighted at the same time. Um, yeah. For the, for the, I've actually, okay. For the rest so of my, I've, for the I've rest a, of my I've notes about... Note, I've got a note about this scene. Sorry, but sorry. We were talking about each other. I've got, a, I've got a note about this scene specifically talking about, are you the drama teacher? He's smoking a J, you idiot. And then I put, dude, he is going to rape you if he puts his arm around you. Followed by, dude, no. Like, this scene is just so awkward and uncomfortable. It's, it's played so well, though. Uh, Juliet Lewis... Uh, did an interview with the LA Times and I actually found the LA Times interview to confirm this, not just the IMDb page. Um, IMDb said that they ad-libbed that scene and I was like, bullshit, they did. (laughs) So I found the LA Times uh, interview and she never rehearsed it with him. So they had rehearsed the scenes, just never done it together. And they did it three times on camera, and the first one was what they used. So IMDb way twisted that into a very false statement. But but going from that scene and, like, how seductive that was trying to be, like, for Robert. Like, Rob is just trying to seduce her in that moment. And then to go from that, after just having his thumb in her mouth, to she's clearly like, no, we didn't do anything, Dad. And then he grabs her mouth. And this juxtaposition of the violence, dude, beautiful, ah, beautiful direction. That is such a beautiful, it, it makes sense now why she would gravitate towards him just like, well, daddy beat me and you care about my thoughts and you care about me reading Sexum and Exum and Bexum and Dexum, however, whatever those books were. I've, I have never read those, but. But yeah, I it, for all seriousness though, that was so that I I completely bought the the kind of uh, what's the, what's that uh, syndrome called uh, uh, where you get seduced by uh, your captor Munchausen. But, yeah, Munchausen. No. no, 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 Stockholm. Sorry, Munchausen's the one with your parents. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. yeah, 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 yeah. No, Stockholm. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I I love the I, kind of Stockholm that she kind of gets seduced into by Robert De Niro. That was oh. going going back to our discussion earlier about him wanting a gun. He's like, you pull a gun on him, it'll dawn on you. It's different than shooting a tree. I've got, okay, so how about you have him kill people? That's the only logical step. <laughs> this movie takes a completely different turn, and he's just, like, hunting people. Um, also, I've got uh, one of the more disgusting things that happens in this movie is when they have the private eye uh being security in their household he drinks pepto-bismol and jim beam dude i've never had that before but that sounds like the worst thing on earth you could do to your stomach look man i know people hate the taste of pepto-bismol i actually like it um but i've never thought you know what this needs whiskey yeah you know what would go great with this combination of permanent marker and chalk whiskey <laughs> yeah you know we go great with this liquid combination of chalk mint and uh 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 oxy or not oxy clean paint thinner um, 
No, what's uh what's the icy hot? <laughs> Booze. <laughs> That's what, what I'm getting at is Pepto Bismol tastes like what icy hot smells like. <laughs> and if you don't understand that, I'm not explaining it. I've I haven't had Pepto in a long time. I usually just go for the Tums. I can't uh, I can't do Pepto. I just go for Tums. I'd rather I'd rather chew my chalk than drink it. <laughs> Dude, okay, so I've got to another point where I talk about uh, Robert De Niro being the Terminator. Um, the scene where he lights the oh, flare the- inside the boathouse and it like is pouring the wax on his hand. I'm like, you're just not going to acknowledge that? How? Okay, how have I gone this long and seen this many movies where people are waving flares? We saw a flare in, uh, uh, in Crawl. We've seen a flare in lots of movies. But never before has it dawned on me that they should have wax pouring on their arms. Like, well, the other the other thing, too, is that is that a thing that's real? I don't know. But what I'm getting at is maybe he was squeezing it and squeezing the wax out onto his hand rather than just holding it like maybe someone in another movie was. I don't know. (laughs) I would that bit. It made me think just like, uh, dude, you could have just taken the lighter and just put that under your hand. Like, you didn't have to go dude. that far over the top with a flare. <laughs> Speaking of fire, when Juliet Lewis lights him on fire, that is the funniest scene in this movie. I was not expecting that. I knew it wasn't going to end the way that the Simpsons parody did, but I didn't expect that I, the cigar, like, I should have. It made sense. Like, it was like, I, oh, I, of course, first, the cigar. First of all. First of all, he doesn't cut the ends of his cigars. He bites them and spits them out. Like Gross. A, like a boss. <laughs> yeah. But the thing that's hilarious, I just love how like nonchalant Juliet Lewis is about it too. Where like she's just sitting there and she sees him just like light a match and she's like, Time to die. Oh my gosh. I loved it. I I love that the cigar was what ended up getting him. Like or, or well, what it looks like was gonna get him. And then dude, that makeup was awesome. That burn makeup yeah. looked so good. And then when he comes back in and he's having like the the fake trial, it's so intense. Oh, I agree. I what does he say? The like I condemn you to the pits of hell. I condemn you. Like it was almost like Daniel Day Lewis and there will be blood. Like that was really intense. My, my favorite part of that though is when he goes, "Your Honor, I'm allowed to ask leading questions because this is a hostile witness." Boom. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, this guy learned how to lawyer in prison. Um, yeah, and he learned to pistol whip people. And then also when he dies, he die he does the most badass thing when he dies. He makes eye contact with the with someone as he slowly suffers and dies. Well, hold on. We got to talk about before that like how awesome that uh that boat crash sequence was. Like when it finally like gets into the rocky waters and like hits all the well the rocks and I I have in the trivia that uh that scene took 4 weeks to shoot. And it was a combination of a soundstage and miniatures. And the soundstage was a 94-foot water tank that they had, like, shaking around and stuff. Like, oh, my gosh. I that It looked pretty elaborate, especially for 91. They had to have shot that in, uh, obviously, 1990. Like, the tech they needed for, for an elaborate ship crash like that. Like, kudos. It looked amazing. That's pretty good. Um... But then, yeah, to add on to what you were saying, like, did you notice, like, did you think he was going crazy or did you think exactly what I did and that he was speaking in tongues? 
Oh, I thought he was speaking in tongues. Okay, 100%. yeah. If there, with, if there how was a... much, with how Bible thumping he was randomly, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was speaking in tongues. Yeah, it didn't sound, it sounded slightly coherent enough that, like, he was trying to, like, make words, but, like, was just saying them too fast. Like, like I was like, okay, like, yeah, yeah, that is not, that's speaking in tongues. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, yeah, that death stare, like, it's a, it's just a cheap editing trick to, like, go from, like, and then it went to Nick Nolte, and then just in an instant, he's back to, like, the Kubrick glare, like, <laughs> but it and he's worked. just staring at him, and he's like, I'm gonna die. Oh, but it worked so well, just him staring at him, just like, even in death, I'm with you. Like, <laughs> well, what about the other thing, too, that he does that's just insane is when he, like, it's funny because of the Simpsons episode, I knew that he was going to strap himself to the bottom of a car. Oh, but... he, Robert refused to do that until he saw a stuntman do it and, like, the car drive him around first to prove it was safe, which is a reasonable yeah. request. <laughs> and then and then they get there and he, he comes out and he's he's been taped to the bottom of the car and he makes eye contact with that lady and she says nothing. I was like, you're an accomplice. <laughs> Technically, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, the one guy can say he bribed me and I gained money out of it. You got nothing. You just stood there like a lump. Right. Um, oh, one... Um, trying to think here. Uh, or actually, no, I don't really have any more trivia that ties to the ending specifically. I just... Uh, just seeing here, the, uh, the original director of this film, you're never going to guess who was originally supposed to direct this. Tim Burton. No, <laughs> that would have been interesting. <laughs> I just saw this meme of uh, Lisa and Bart back to the Simpsons. It was uh, it was the poor Bart. He always picks rock. Good old rock. But it was Lisa going, poor Tim Burton, always cast Johnny Depp. And it went to him <laughs> and it said, Johnny Depp, always Johnny Depp. Or like <laughs> that'll that that'll knock their socks off. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, who was originally supposed to direct this? Um, it it was actually Steven Spielberg. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah, nope. no, I'm glad he backed no, out. No, that wouldn't work. No, he well, Amblin Entertainment, his company, did produce this movie. Still, they still ended. He would make it too cheery and happy. Well, yeah, I mean, he's made dark movies, but like, no, this was not the kind of dark that Steven Spielberg makes. <laughs> well, at least until Munich in '05. But um, but uh. He was supposed yeah. to he was supposed to direct it, but he still had his company produce it. He didn't actually take a screen credit for producing it, but Amblin still made it. And he asked, he went out of his way to personally ask Martin Scorsese to do it. And Scorsese was filming. Uh, I don't have it up here actually. I can't remember what. Aviator. Uh, I can't remember. No, Aviator was 04. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what he was filming. Gangs of New York. Two thousand two. <laughs> Getting closer. <laughs> Uh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park was Spielberg. <laughs> uh, but funny enough... Toy Story. Spielberg actually uh, dropped out of doing this movie and then coincidentally went to Schindler's List, surprisingly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What is with these people being depressing? But yeah, Martin Scorsese like didn't want to do it initially uh, until Spielberg talked him into it, and then Scorsese reluctantly said yes. But it ended up being a huge hit, so... Yeah. Can you imagine... Um, like having the talk with Robert De Niro of we need you to get buff but we don't need you to be a bodybuilder because he's pretty jacked in this movie 
4% body fat. Like the scene of him just working out in his cell that, that it really hit me. I was like, God damn, he got in pretty good shape. No, I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. 4% body fat. He, oh really? He got jacked as hell for this role because he's physically smaller than Nick Nolte. He's so, pretty. Sh- he's a pretty short guy, from what I understand. Like he's like five eight. Yeah, like when they casted Nick Nolte and they saw just how much more imposing physically he was than uh, Robert. Robert took that and used that to get as jacked as humanly possible so he could look well, more that's, intimidating. That's interesting, too, because a lot of the times that they show Robert De Niro compared to, like, next to Nick Nolte, Robert De Niro is typically sitting in a car, and they angle the camera from the floorboard of a car or the dash so that it shows a pan- it panning upward so you always see... Robert De Niro is not on the same level as Nick Nolte. Yeah, like when he's in the boat, like uh, uh, Nick's on the floor, and then he's well, from a low angle, standing and imposing. And in the movie theater, well, there's the depth of field where Robert's huge in the front and Nick's in the back. Well, I, I also, I also am bringing that up because he always talks about, "Don't think you're better than me. Don't talk down about me. I'm not, I'm not less than you. I'm on the same level as you." And I think that they're filming that to show that that's how Robert De Niro views how people think of him, is that he is much below them. And things like that are why Scorsese is a phenomenal director. When you can and catch, why when you catch things like that, am, that's a director that actually knows how to do his job. And why I am slightly becoming a cinema snob. <laughs> just embrace it. When you watch as many movies as we have, it, it just happens. <laughs> <laughs> 200 and some just it just it'll it'll happen you'll catch up well you may catch up to me if we keep watching movies i've already seen before (laughs) (laughs) um let me see here the last uh uh we've we coincidentally have touched most of the trivia that i've taken uh oh robert de niro paid a dentist five thousand dollars to make his teeth look like how they did in the movie and then had to pay the guy four times as much to get them fixed when shooting was done. <laughs> did you even note? Did you even notice his teeth in the movie? No. Well, apparently Robert De Niro got his teeth to look worse by paying a dentist to do like the opposite of dental work. But then when filming was done, it cost twenty grand to get them fixed back to the way they were. <laughs> oh Jesus! Right. <laughs> um. The last bit of trivia I have to wrap this up before the the Nick Cage question. Uh, the uh, the film has cameos from all three of the principal actors in uh, the original film. They uh, were Gregory Peck, who played Nick Nolte's character Sam, Robert Mitchum, who played uh, Katie, and then uh, this guy was the sheriff in the original film. Uh, Martin Baslam, or Balsam, sorry, Martin Balsam, he was the sheriff in the original film. Martin was the judge that uh, pleaded in favor of Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro's lawyer was Gregory Peck, and Robert Mitchum was uh, the lieutenant that he shared this, or uh, the other lawyer, I think I can't remember his title, but he was uh, the guy that talked to Nick Nolte and said, uh, well, you're grossly misinterpreting me. I, it would be immoral for me to tell you to take the law into your own hand. 
<laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, those were, but yeah, Gregory Peck, Robert Mitchum, and Martin Baslam all had very small cameos in this movie, and they were all the three original leads in the 1962 film, which I thought was kind of cool. Did you even recognize it was Gregory Peck with his big black mustache? <laughs> I don't know who Gregory Peck is. Oh, we're doing To Kill a Mockingbird in the Time Machine. Oh, we have to do that film now. Um. So, who would you cast Nick Cage to be? Let's wrap this up. Oh, man, 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 man. There's so many good picks. So many good picks. Who's yours? This was your movie. Pri- Who's yours? The, pri- the private investigator. It's hard to argue that. It really is. If it's not the private detective, I would say it's probably the guy that uh, Robert Mitchum played, the the other lawyer that was like that said that one line and then also oh well if we can't find it with that we'll just bust him on something else like <laughs> that was pretty funny he's like oh at least we got him on vagrancy vagrancy Quiet. that's what it was yeah <laughs> i would say it's uh, i would say it's either gotta be him or if not the private eye also the private eye would be so perfect though yeah dude the actual teddy bear by the way I thought that Simpsons was just that was just Simpsons did it. I thought the Sim, I thought that was just Chief Wiggum being Chief Wiggum. I was dying laughing when they actually used the teddy bear. <laughs> I'm just upset that they didn't have someone run in the room and be like, "Hey, Bart, do you want to see my new chainsaw and hockey mask?" Or Flanders or Flanders walk in. Hey, Homer, I made you some lemonade. Go away, Flanders. Oakley Doakley. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I just, uh, I want to watch that episode again. It's on Disney Plus. I really want to watch that now. <laughs> yeah, that episode's great. That was actually on the other day for Halloween. Oh, uh, how? Uh, why wasn't it a Treehouse of Horror? That's weird. I mean, it was, but they had they had it because it was a horror based one. Oh, that's true. Nah, you nah. No, tell me. Well, I want you to sing the entire score of the HMS Pinafore. <laughs> <laughs> i also was like i wonder how they're gonna end it because the yeah. Simpsons ended it with a song and then they have it the way they ended this i was like this way makes a lot more sense yeah i knew this movie wasn't gonna end with with all the hms metaphor but i wasn't expecting robert to get set on fire <laughs> it was i oh, oh no 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 my actual thought to wrap this up i actually thought he was gonna get eaten by alligators because of that shot where bart leaned over the boat and he saw the yeah alligator. i thought i thought there was gonna be an alligator at play in this yeah i was definitely surprised there wasn't really uh but yeah i we basically covered all my trivia and you you and i basically had like the same notes there's not really any other note that uh oh actually it... i said the i said the title of the book wrong it's not the exceptions it's the executioners my apologies this is based on the book the executioners so now i, I'm I will notes. i will i will end this with very much watch this it's a great it's a fantastic movie it is incredibly dark it has very horrific uh subject matter in it so proceed with caution but it is very much worth watching i completely agree i oh man I might have to follow up next week with where I rank it in all of Scorsese. I mean, again, I haven't seen all of Scorsese, but I think I've seen enough that I can make a top five list. I don't know. It's maybe I'm still in the euphoria of just finishing it, but it's it's pretty, pretty damn good, guys. Definitely check it out right now while it's on Netflix, at least as of this taping in early November. So, uh, I mean, I mean, like Nick said, watch with extreme caution because <laughs> it's pretty dark. But I guess with that... 
We're going to take a very brief break, and then when we come back, we're going to let you know what we're going to be talking about next week. So, be right back. All right, everybody. That is it for this week's episode of Brownie Points. Thank you for joining us, as always. And thank you to Isla Marfin of Fugay and my co-host, Nick, for the music during the episode. <laughs> thank you, as always. Next week, guys, we are finally going to be paying tribute to Sean Connery the way we should. We're not going to be watching a new movie. Instead, we are going to be watching not only a film starring Mr. Connery, but it also stars this podcast's favorite actor, Nicolas Cage. That, oh, God. That's right, guys. We are going to take the time machine to 1996 and watch the Michael Bay film, The Rock. Yes, Dan is actually picking a Michael Bay film. So, yes, 2020 is a bizarre year. <laughs> uh, it is on Hulu currently for you to join us on streaming. And, yes, I'm looking forward to it. Honestly, I loved this movie when I was a kid, but I haven't watched it since I've grown up, so I'm I'm pumped for the excuse to give it a reappraisal, even though the excuse is the passing of the lead actor. So <laughs> take that however you want. Uh, that's our first movie that we're going to watch is The Rock. Nick, where are we going for the second movie in The Time Machine? It's time for you to pay. We're going to watch 2011's The Roommate. F*** you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I guess I'll fill in the blanks. Uh, the Roommate is... Uh, yeah, it's a movie. Uh, it's from a guy named. <laughs> it's from a guy named Christian E. Christensen. Uh, he, What's crazy about that is he's atheist. <laughs> no, the crazy, the crazier thing is that he's Buddhist. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he directed it. Uh, it stars Leighton Meester, and Meester Meester. And I watched this trailer after Nick just took his time really took his time to pick a movie for this next week it actually did take me a while i was like man i gotta pick something that he's gonna hate <laughs> uh, hey we're it... this is mainly this is mainly payback for i'm thinking of ending this or whatever uh but also dan picked like five movies in a row that i didn't like i didn't pick they were new releases we i you chose we went into them equally blind because i had not seen them either <laughs> still blame you but yes, it's yeah, it's a it's a movie. I don't remember when this came out, and this was our senior year of high school. Twenty eleven. Well, yeah, I know it was our senior year of high school, but yeah, it's got a it's got it, a. It just screams like March horror movie to me. This movie looks like it was straight to video after watching the trailer, honestly. And dude, uh, it's got a shimmering three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so. <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be fun. Uh, it's on Netflix if you guys want to join us for some reason. Uh, <laughs> ha, February 4th. Oh, nice. So it was a uh, it was a horror alternative for uh, Valentine's Day. That's nice. So it it came out. I, I, I love this. I can't remember exactly where I heard it from. I think it was Red Letter Media of F*** You, It's January Horror Movies. Uh, this one just missed the cutoff for F*** You, It's January. Yep, I will we'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to expect, honestly. I didn't like this trailer. 
Leighton Meester's never done anything that's impressed me, and I don't know this director at all. So, going in blind, people. Uh, <laughs> Nick, I hope you actually watch this instead of just, like, nah, I didn't watch it. I just wanted you to. <laughs> I'm probably not going to focus that much on it, because now you have to do the story recap. Oh, we'll see. Anyway, we'll see if it's worth. We'll see if it's worth doing that. It might. It anyway, might. <laughs> anyway, the best place to reach us at is uh, Facebook Brownie Points Guide Cinema, Instagram Brownie underscore Points underscore Guide, and Twitter at Brownie underscore Points underscore Whatever. I say it all the time. Uh, also, Facebook Brownie Points Guide to Cinema at Gmail dot com. Make sure you send us Brownie Bites ideas, whether they are new releases, time machines, uh, things to do as countdowns, movie trailers to do. Whatever the normal stuff is, I say. I don't really feel like doing it again. It'd be the third time I've said it tonight. Um, and then uh, leave us reviews. Five-star reviews is the best way to help us grow. And we will always be here in your... <laughs> <laughs> it's past six bedtime, if it's not obvious. Uh... <laughs> no, it's not that. It's it's the attitude I'm taking into the roommate is what it is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably be up for like an hour and a half or two more hours. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we'll always be here in your ears on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor.com, and all other major pos- podcasting platforms. Uh, thank you guys for all the love that you have been giving us recently on uh, social media. We really do appreciate it and see all the likes and comments and things like that. Uh, as always, uh, guys, just keep keep looking for that light at the end of the tunnel. By the time you're listening to us, we know who our president is uh the day that nick and i are taping this we don't know yet so uh congrats on your guy if he won sorry if your guy lost uh but yeah just we're not done with everything else that's going on like the coronavirus so keep washing your hands keep uh wearing your masks keep opening your ears your eyes and your hearts and we will be fine going into 2021 guys it's gonna be all right regardless of who's president so with that, that is all we got for you on this week's episode. We will catch you next Sunday. See you then. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Monster trucks, motocross, <laughs> ambulances Tru- on standby. Truckzilla is coming, coming, coming. <laughs> uh, phrasing. Wasn't it Truckzilla on that show? Yeah, but you're saying he's just ejaculating all over everybody? I mean, we had the Bukaki gavel thing from last week, but come on, man. Oh, Truckosaurus. No, that's what I was thinking of. Truckosaurus. <laughs> Truckosaurus! Watch him. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, way to go, narc. <laughs> I'm sorry. Drink alcohol like an adult. I <laughs> <sighs> smoke weed because I'm perpetually an eighth grader. <laughs> wow, two, your... hot takes in a, two hot <laughs> takes in a week. <laughs> You're a roll. <laughs> also, drink responsibly. <laughs>